Yeah, Hulk Hogan, I remember way back when, when the mega powers were bonded. Yeah, you made a lot of promises to the macho man, didn't you? Promises that you didn't keep. I remember one specific one, yeah. You promised that Elizabeth would never be in a dangerous position. You broke that promise, didn't you, Hulk Hogan? And who had to come in and make that critical save? The macho man, Randy Savage, covering for Hogan again. Welcome, Phenomenal Ones, to Geek Salad episode 126, The Fall of the Roman Empire. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And today we have with us a very special guest, because it's WrestleMania season. That's right, the Caucasian concussion machine himself, Mr. Michael Rossi. How you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be back here. I was yeah. on last year. I think we can... Uh... Oh, we can outdo ourselves this year. Oh, we're going to outdo ourselves, because I don't think we have the time concern. You don't have to pick up anybody this year, do you? No, I don't. Fantastic. And we're not going to be going over ten full years of WrestleMania. Instead, we are going to be covering the best, and a couple of the worst, of the title matches in WrestleMania history. But before we begin, we got to start with Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. And uh, Chris was given a special assignment I asked Chris, because, you know, WrestleMania season, what, it, you know, we always have the, you know, the title matches at WrestleMania, always the main event of WrestleMania, but there's one thing that's always remained constant with WrestleMania, and that is Undertaker matches. Undertaker's had a string of great matches. However, he's had some not-so-great matches. So, um, I asked Chris to come up with the five worst matches for The Undertaker in WrestleMania history. Uh, Chris writes, The Undertaker is an icon in wrestling history, and he had some classic matches at WrestleMania, like the Triple H and HBK matches. But there were some stinkers during the streak. Here are my top, or should I say bottom, five Undertaker-WrestleMania matches. Number five versus Jimmy Superfly Snuka at WrestleMania 7. This was basically a squash match. Snuka was definitely on the downside of his career, and The Undertaker was just getting started. He was in his prime, and this match was, was no contest. I'm pretty sure The Undertaker didn't have a single tattoo. No, I, I don't I think, think he, he was arms clean. Yeah, that, he had those tattoos quick, too. Yeah, he did. But he had that, you know, he did that big flowing red hair and the and the purple glo- the purple rubber gloves. Yeah. He was, like, the palest then, too. It was, like, debut taker. Yeah, he oh. was, uh, I think he was just, you know, Booger Red at that point. You know, <laughs> mean Mark Calloway. Was he still with Brother Love? Or was he uh, was no, Paul I think he had Paul Bear at that point. That's but that's when Paul was, like, really laying the makeup yeah, on heavy. Yeah. And really, like, Paul was selling it, man. He oh. loved that character. Oh, oh, was always selling it. Yeah, he started underselling it. Until, like, the Attitude Era, when essentially just his belly just gave out. And he's like... <laughs> Stop caring completely. I just can't do this anymore. Start calling me Percy again. So, number four... Versus Mark Henry at WrestleMania 22. There were very few big man versus big man matches that were actually good. There were a few more on this list that were worse than this one. Sexual Chocolate was actually rumored to be booked to be the one to end the streak. Luckily, that decision was scrapped. The coolest part of that match was the over-the-top rope 
leap that Taker did. Yeah. Cleared the casket. I think that was probably the first time he did that at a mania. Yeah, but um, it's... But, yeah. It's Mark Henry. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Taker's, Taker's actually got some pretty good moves when he can when he actually puts his mind to him. He's he's very agile for a big man. For a really he's guy. He's always been agile for a big man. But I think this was, like... This was the last bad Undertaker match before that real big string of great matches. Yeah, because I, I think the next year when the Batista match started the good run, 23 was good. 23 was good, and 20 was Edge, Edge, and ACK, then... Triple H, Punk, yeah. and then, I mean, Brock, you can miss a yeah. conversation, but... He he always amazes me when he can actually, when he actually walks out on the top, on the top rope. I, old school, yeah. That is I old mean, school, yeah. That yeah was, but that's... Yeah, for a guy that big to actually make it onto the... That's pretty, that's pretty good. With uh, no history of falling, either. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I don't think he's ever botched that move. All right, number... Seen, anyway. Yeah, number three versus King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania 11. The star of this match was not the Undertaker or Bundy, but the inanimate object, an urn. And that was probably the worst WrestleMania ever, too. It was, well, I don't want to say it called the worst WrestleMania. It was a bad WrestleMania. Yeah, it was in Hartford, Connecticut. It was in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, the the it was presented by the Special Olympics, and your main event was Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence. <laughs> I I thought she said she was eighteen. Taylor. <laughs> it was stolen away from you, and the majority of the match was just Undertaker trying to get the urn back, so he isn't powerless anymore. Um, then I believe that Kama Mustafa, the no, the, the you know, supreme fighting machine, melted it down into a big roll. He sure did. Yeah. Urn came back, though. It, of course it, it came back. back. Well, remember the year before that, during the Royal Rumble? Yeah. The main was, event was yep. Yokozuna versus Undertaker. And, like, the whole roster got Taker in the casket. That was in Providence. Yep. And was just so ominous. And that was when he went missing. And then yep. he came back as the double taker yep. at SummerSlam. There was, uh, yeah, Brian Lee was the other yep. Undertaker. He was and four inches shorter. God. 94 and 95. If you've read Titan's Sinking... It is. There were some bad, bad matches. Have you read Titan Sinking? I haven't. Oh my god! It it really encapsulates '94 and '95. It's just being these dreadful years for the company. And when when did he go like full on demonic? Like you know when they were sacrificing the Attitude Era. Back when they yeah yeah, back when they like sacrificed Midian on the symbol. They couldn't use the word cross. It was a symbol. Stephanie. Yeah. Because yeah, the Yoko match was before Mania 10, because that was the only one he really wasn't on. Um, yeah, it was right before WrestleMania 10. It yeah. was the Rumble that year. It was 94 mm-hmm. Rumble. And they empty the contents of the urn, and WrestleCrap actually saved the, the audio from this, with Vince just without a trace of irony in his voice, saying how the Undertaker's powers are being sapped by the power of the urn. Yeah, and just the comma thing was just the best part of the oh whole thing. Oh, God. The former Papa Shango is now a, like a cage fighter. You know what the part about that rumble, though? At, you know, when they had um, the Undertaker ascending into heaven, and it was uh, Marty Jannetty dressed up as the yeah, Undertaker. Yeah, Mar- Marty Jannetty. That's all I have to say is Marty Jannetty. <laughs> A guy who's at least a foot shorter than the Timothy. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> awful. All right, number two versus the big boss man at WrestleMania 15. Terrible. Oh, uh, this was a Hell in a Cell match that had to be good, right? <laughs> right? This is the one exception to the rule <clears throat> that is a Hell in a Cell match is automatically a classic match. Two big, slow men inside a steel cage meant boring and predictable. And then Undertaker murdered. Literally murdered Literally the big him. boss man. Yeah. Hang, hung him around his neck until he was dead. And that was probably boss man's like 
highest profile match too. It is actually the only mat WrestleMania match Bossman ever lost. Yeah. Yeah. This guy had a streak going, too. But I can honestly say, I have reviewed these manias pretty extensively leading into this, and I can't even name you another Boxman match. Well, there was that great match with, uh, with, with Henning. Yeah, true. That was a good one. Yeah. It's just nothing memorable. <coughs> what, was the one, what, was, what was the one where he had, like, the, where there were, like, the dogs... Oh, that was the kennel. That that was the, the that was uh, that was it in your house. That was no, it, 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 well, back like, yeah. when they stopped calling him in your house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, when Big Boss Man kennel, um, yeah. kennel from Hell match or something like that. It, it was. was that was really Like, bad. Al Terrible. Snow just kept stepping in dog shit because... <laughs> like, legit. Like, too. all the dogs were just shitting around the ring because they were terrified. Yeah. They bring all these these dogs out, you know, 30,000 people. Off. They have no idea what to do. They, they don't know why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and number one, well, this one goes without saying, versus the giant Gonzalez, WrestleMania 9. Oh. Could it be anything else? Why only... Uh, thought it's one of the wor- widely thought it's one of the worst WrestleManias. WrestleMania Nine had no real classic matches, and this one may have been the worst on the card. The former El Gigante wore the infamous bodysuit that showed no real wrestling experience whatsoever. It was the uh, pink eye to red Duff WrestleMania Nine's eyesore. And even though he that was the third match of the streak, he was the one left lying. He was match. chloroformed. He was chloroformed, and they yeah. disqualified Giant Gonzalez. So it was a loss via DQ. So, Which yes, the streak marches on. Yeah, yeah. And they never was, mentioned that, though. Yeah, because yeah, the streak really didn't gain prominence until... Orton. Yeah, Orton, which was 21. Yeah, that was... Well, uh, no, 15? What number was it? Oh, yeah, that was... So, if that was 21, the only one he missed was 10, right? Yeah, uh, yeah no, 10 and 16. 16, that's right. 2000. So, that would, yeah, that would be about right. I think 15. Yep. Um, I'm amazed that Chris left one match off of this, though, which I was really hoping he was going to cover. So we'll cover it now. Which one? It was uh, Big Show and A-Train versus Undertaker and Nathan Jones. Yeah, like, how does that even count as an Undertaker win? It's a tag match. It was a tag match where Nathan Jones... No, and those who don't know who Nathan Jones is, he essentially was a creator wrestler template. That Vince found in a jail in Australia somewhere, rolled into the gills to the point where his nipples were lactating. <laughs> and Taker must have been hurt or something going into that, because he was still a high-profile name. Yet you're putting him him in with those guys. Oh my god! It, it's not only a bad match. Well, they were like, you know, well, they beat up Nathan Jones in the back, so Undertaker's going to have to do it himself. And yeah. indeed, he did. Yeah, that was terrible. This was back when the Undertaker could give a shit. That was probably the worst one, I would think. Not only was it bad, but. Nathan Jones eventually did come out to make the save. Yeah. And it was atrocious. So Taker was getting saved by Nathan Jones. Right, exactly. Just put that into perspective. Who vanished immediately yes. afterwards. Yeah. And didn't show up again until uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, that and the Giant Gonzalez kind of... That's tough to make an argument either way. I don't know. I, I just think Gonzalez is a worse match. Yeah. Because, um... It's just, more memorable, though, because of how stupid the ending is. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, between the chloroforming and Gonzalez's outfit. Because what I've learned as a wrestling fan is that if it's not going to be good, at least be hilarious. Right. Because then I'll still like it. Right. This was neither. It was, no, bo- it was nothing. It was a bad match that was comically bad, but it was boring. Yeah, and it was just randomly in the middle of the Vegas Strip in this makeshift arena that oh they had. Oh, my God. Nothing kills, nothing kills WrestleMania more than having it in, the bro- in broad daylight. Yeah, not I'm, like I'm last just, year. I'm just always amazed by, by um, El Gigante's 
outfit. Oh my god. The furry ass crack. With Harvey Whipple. <laughs> with Harvey <Wimple. laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And that's what, Harvey Whippleman was about four foot ten. Just walking around strictly so he could look like a make Gonzalez look even bigger. Right. <laughs> and and it was funny too because he was in his suit wearing he didn't even look like downtown Bruno at that point. It was no. just Harvey Whippleman. He looked like he, he thought he was a doctor, right? Yeah. Doctor Harvey Whippleman. Yeah. He would come out with like the stethoscope and stuff. It was really weird. I, I, either either wears like a fur the fur panties or his batch is just painted blank. Oh, it was he was bad as El Gigante in WCW. There's no he's never been good. No, it never was good. He's he makes, dead now. He so. makes the great Kali look like a good wrestler. <laughs> he makes Kali look like San Martino for fuck's sake. <laughs> That was such a bad era in wrestling, too, because it's like, most of the guys that Vince wanted to push are all the guys that look like they, they skip leg day on a, on a regular basis, and then Vince got dinged for the steroids. Yeah. yeah, and when you look at that entire show, it's like they changed the title match on a whim. Oh, and Because we'll get... they were trying to keep Hogan happy. Yeah. Oh, that will actually, why don't we talk about that then? So, hey, Chris, thank you very much. I know you mentioned one match, but we're all going to talk about that match, so, wink. All right, so here's some, a quick take on some of the worst title matches. So, Mike, talk about the one you were just referring to. Sure. So, you know, Yoko was this big, getting built up as a big star. He just won the Rumble. Um, Brett had the title going in. And, you know, what's the logical thing to do? You know, have Yoko win. Yeah. So we should have all at the time, I mean, I was, shit, probably eight years old at the time, um, nine, ten, whatever it was. So I'm not thinking, hey, why is this match going on last if the heel's going to go over? Yeah. But here comes heroic Hulk Hogan to come save the day with his shiner that he just got in the back. Uh, Presumably from uh, Randy Savage after trying to screw around with Elizabeth. That entire show was just terrible. Like, I I still like watching it on just the entertainment of the fact that it was outside, the togas, all that, that hot garbage. But let's think about what they did. Hogan won the title. On a whim, because Brett told him to go get his title shot. And then lost it to Yoko at the King of the Ring later that Six year. months later, because Hogan refused. The, the deal was, Hogan was going to win, you know, get his shining moment at WrestleMania, which Scott Keith put, the, it, it, he compared it to jumping in bed with your best friend's wife right before the divorce papers have dried. <laughs> All right? The ink on the divorce wasn't even dry yet. You know, Brett's trying to get, like, the chalk out of his eyes that Mr. Fuji blew in there. Hogan runs in like, no way, brother. This is unfair, brother. And and, and Brett's like, just go in there. Go just get go him. Just go in and get a title shot. And made he's the booker, apparently. Yoko look like an idiot. And they just, like, they spent all this time building up Yoko. And then they just, Hogan just comes in and takes it all away within seconds just to give it back three months later. Yeah. It was just the ego boost, and they were trying to re-sign him, trying to keep him away from Turner. Well, they told her, told him also, you're going to drop the belt to Brett. So the yeah. second he wins the belt, oh. Yeah, yeah, no, not going to happen. So then they had to do the uh, the makeshift, you know, get right moment the next year and give Brett his shining moment. Yep. Yeah. Which was a great match. Yeah, awesome. absolutely great match. I mean, you got Owen Brett at ten was fantastic. Um, you know, we'll talk about it later. But the ladder match, yeah, might have been my favorite Mania title match of all time. Um, and just they they did a much better job considering the fact that they couldn't even give Brett the clean Rumble win, right? Because they had to make Lex Luger look good. Oh, Jesus. And I mean, the Jim Duggan Tudato. Yeah, it was. I mean, when you look at Luger, you know, he then you look at like current day Ryback. Um, the guy that just can't get over, but they're going to keep trying. Yep. Choker, choker, choker. So here's some other really bad title matches. 
And most of these, amazingly, don't go more than five to ten minutes. Um, Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus, WrestleMania 28, an insult. Insulting, but it made Daniel Bryan what he turned out to be. Absolutely. Um, he turned that crowd around in a way they didn't want him to, um, and the next night on Raw, he became a superstar. Yep. So, as bad as it was, we should probably be glad it happened. Yeah. We might have never seen Daniel Bryan ascend to where he got, um, you know, unfortunately it didn't last long, but ascend to where he got um, without that match happening. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Rey Mysterio versus JBL for the Intercontinental title, uh, WrestleMania 25. JBL went in hurt. I know that. I think he had a neck injury. Um, but if that's going to happen, why put him in the match? I don't know. Get, get, I mean, I'm sure there was plenty of able-bodied wrestlers that could have worked that match yep. instead of JBL at that point. Well, they could have gotten the belt off him faster because he was already an IC title. He was yeah. already the IC champion Easily. at that I mean, point. And that was just, you know, pretty good show, too. With that, just a piece of hot garbage yeah. in the middle of it. It was bizarre. And it wasn't even a good send-off for JBL. He just leaves looking like the biggest loser around. Yeah. Which I get, he was a heel, and that's probably what you want to do, but I mean, he was back like a month later as a commentator. So what, you know, it was just a, so misplaced when you look at, you know, what they could have done in that spot. You know how undynamic of a, a commentator he is, though? I mean, playing WWE 2K16, I can't tell which voice is his. He's terrible. Like, he, I thought when he first started as an announcer, he wasn't bad. But he is awful now. Like he's he wrecks a broadcast quicker than any any announcer that we could ever talk about. Yeah, a Michael, Michael. <laughs> what what do you think about this, Michael? Well, man, the Ascension. I know they're the next big things and all that stuff, but man, they suck. Yeah, yeah. He just he doesn't know how to get anybody over. He buries more people than he helps. Yep. Um, and you know. It is what it is. He had a couple good Mania matches at the end there, like the one with Finley that was, uh, I want to say that was the U.S. title. Um, might, not, might not have even been No, it wasn't for title. I think it, it was, was the Benoit title. match that was the U.S. Yeah, title. Yeah, but um, no, it, no the, 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 the Finley match essentially was for the honor of Hornswoggle. Yes, that was a good match. We, I just watched that recently. That, that's a pretty entertaining match. Uh, but just to think of, like, JBL had this great, you know, tag team career. He finally gets a singles run, and that's how you leave him. Yeah. You know? Like, could have could have been better. Do you have some? Well, no, I'm trying. I think I I think I know of one commentator that was actually worse than JBL. Who? Uh, I can't, can't remember his last name. He was from like uh, American Gladiators. Oh, Mike Adamley. Yeah. Oh my God, Mike Adamley. Jeff Harvey. He's like and the world champion Jeff Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was worse. I think he was so bad that at the end he must have been intentionally bad because nobody is that. Incompetent, incompetent as a, as a human being when you're trying to talk. <laughs> I, I remember that they brought in like some, and this was a wrestle crap thing. I think it was for a Royal Rumble where they had this guy who was like he was just like a, a like a real sports coach or something like that or announcer. And the only thing he could concern himself with was how much the guys weighed. Wow, he's a big guy. What does this guy weigh? What does this guy weigh? Yeah. What does this guy weigh? It's being a wrestling commentator is such such a job that people think is easy. No. But no. you need to actually know what's going on. Yeah. You need to have a history around it to really make, you know, you're not even calling a match as much as you're trying to build up the talent. That's why Jim Ross will yeah. never be beat as the greatest wrestling commentator of all time. Sorry, Gordon Soley, but yeah, yeah. you could not pronounce suplex properly. No. They were suplex. JR was great. He's still great. The King was, the king was great. Yeah. Is, the thing king, with the King was, King found his way after they're like, all right, stop with the dirty old man act. King can be good in a certain role, as long as he knows what his role is. 
that last run with Cole, he didn't know if he was a heel or a baby face. Oh. I mean, we, he's great on SmackDown right now with Mauro Ronaldo because Ronaldo Marlo Ronaldo is awesome. Because he's a great announcer and Lawler is playing his heel and he's rejuvenated because he's with a good announcer for the first time in years. Yeah. Um, but there were times when Lawler was fantastic. He was great with Vince, you know, and watching some of these. Um, but in, in looking back at, at Lawler's career as an announcer, there's been ups and downs, for mm. sure. I actually got Lawler's autograph. Really? Yeah, he was at uh, Boston Comic Con. Oh, cool. Sweet. Ah! All right, next up on this list, we have uh, WrestleMania three: Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. I hate Which, this for match. historical reasons, it's the only reason why anybody talks about this match, because it certainly wasn't the match quality. No, it was iconic, and it had like a, what, year and a half build, probably? Uh, it, no, actually, the, the build was about four months. Yeah. I mean, most of the build... Was was like what's going to happen after this, and that went a year because it went into Hogan getting screwed out of the title on that Saturday night's main event, mm-hmm. leading into WrestleMania four and the four and a half hour World Title Tournament, which is oh my god, what a boring show that is! I mean, at least we got to see Hogan pick up the eight hundred pound giant. Oh, uh, eight hundred pounds! Oh, you you underestimate. He was he weighed over a metric ton in front of a million people at the Pontiac Silverdome. I heard a ton and a half. Oh my god! I you know seriously during that Gawker trail, I really wanted like just sir. I still have Mister Boella under uh, under oath. Can I ask him a few wrestling questions, please? That Gawker trial needs to be released on DVD. It would sell billions of copies. I want it all recorded. I'm sure we can find it online, but I want to see it all. I want to enjoy it. Mr. Boella, you've already admitted that you don't have a 10-inch penis. (laughs) Let me ask you in front of the court, and I may remind you, you are under oath. Did you really lift the 1,000-pound Andre the Giant over your head in front of a million people? Yes, brother. No, brother. Yeah. I, <laughs> Just like this defeated, deflated, like, no, brother. I've got a buddy who's a huge Hogan fan, and he, any WrestleMania he goes to, he dresses like a Hogan, oh, one level of Hogan. So we're working him hard to be courtroom Hogan. <laughs> I think it would be a fantastic fit. I mean, it's an easy outfit, yep. but, I mean, it's, it's iconic. John Oliver said that he looked like he was going to a funeral for a python. You'd have to give him a white and black boa, though, just to go with the outfit. No, yeah. no. It's, it, it's Seriously, it's the, the black Under Armour shirt with the suit jacket and the and black bandana and the gold chain in the back black bandana. He's, he's allowed to wear a do-rag inside the corner. <laughs> Imagine if we tried to wear a do-rag and Oh, the fuck that. No, I'd be no. shot at. Well, yeah. I, I, think, I think he was allowed to wear a do-rag because otherwise all the lights would bounce off his head. Yeah, he got permission, which is just crazy to begin with. Yeah. It's not a real trial. It's, well, brother, my, you know, I was screwing my best friend's wife in front of him while he was videoing And he'll his see about half of that money because I don't even think they have it. No, they don't. He, he won't see most of it. But someone was like, he should buy TNA. Yeah, because that's just what we need, another Hogan resurgence. Yeah, yeah, and that would last. That would probably kill the company quicker. I Actually, God, at this point right now, it's a mercy killing. It is, it is. God, when, when Eric, when uh, was Eric Young leaves... There are issues. Eric that, Young, who that dude has no career no, outside of the. Eric Young point. and Bobby Roode are probably going to get contracts with somebody now. Yeah, but they've been TNA TNA lifers. Yeah, like, well, Roode's going to end up in NXT. Yeah, I, think, I can see them both in the like the Dusty Tag Tournament this year. Yeah, you know, based in Orlando, I think they'll give him a shot. Well, with, with Eric Young, I mean, they could just hire him as a trainer at this yeah. point, but... They'll have something for him. Yeah. All right, and finally, last on our worst matches list here, uh, WrestleMania 13, Psycho Sid versus The Undertaker. Sid shit his pants in this match. Like, he physically did. 
Like we legitimately shit him. My tagline that we've all, me and my group of friends have always had for this was. WrestleMania 13, Austin bleeds, Sid shits. Yeah. Because it's clear as day that he does. People have denied it to this day. Oh, God. But if you rewatch the match, at one point you can see Taker sets him up for the tombstone and gets this, like, look of, like, just shock in his face. <laughs> like, what did I just smell? This guy's got shit in his drawers. That was just such a... Such a bad match, and I mean that entire show was pretty much garbage, other than obviously with, with, that epic Brett Austin, Austin match. and Brett's a bad match. But I mean, match. first of all, they had to follow that for for first off. Second, it was two big guys that they threw in there for twenty two minutes, which Sid I don't think could work eight minutes at that point. <laughs> and then they just you know it was a mercy killing. The crowd was completely dead. They found a way to kill a great Chicago crowd that was built up to the high heavens from the Austin match. That match just sucked in so many different ways. Yeah, at was awful. Yeah, I really don't have a lot to say about it. I mean, and the other issue with that match too is they let Shawn Michaels, who is at the height of his douchiness at this point, do commentary, and all he's talking about what an asshole Bret Hart is. Yeah, it, nothing to do with the match. Yep, nothing to do with the match. And essentially, it was because Bret was ostensibly on his way out the door. By the end of the year, he was gone. Yeah, he was gone. And they were already bad mouthing him. Like yeah. he's a crybaby. Undertaker has never whined for anything. And oh, was, was this year the screw job? Uh, yeah, it was ninety seven. It was early in the year. This was the this was early in the year. That happened in November. This happened in March. And it's it's just such a bad match. I mean, Taker was you know, Taker was large and immobile at that point, and it's Sid. Nobody gets a good match out of Sid. If Taker was in there with, with the right guy, it would have been a good match. But it wasn't yeah. this, it wasn't Taker's fault. Right. Alright, so we got a few matches here from some of our friends on social media who, um, these are matches that didn't show up in our combined list here. So, uh, real quick, my cousin David uh, brought up a couple here. WrestleMania 14, Austin versus Shawn Michaels. I had it, when I was first writing down matches, I wrote about 15 down, and I had this in there. Um, I mean, it was really like, if 13 was the launching point of Steve Austin, this was like the official crowning yeah. of Sean was on so much junk to even get through this match. His back was so screwed up at this point. I give him credit for even getting through this match, and it was pretty good for it, what it was. It is. It's a good match. Uh, Tyson made the match, you know. Yeah, when he cold cocked uh, Sean. It better because you didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Um, but, you know, the build was good. Boston crowd was pretty good at that point. Yeah. Um, and just I, just, I think it was, you know, Outside that top ten, I don't have a problem with it being mentioned. I almost threw it in there myself. Okay. Yeah, not a bad match at all. He also brings up uh, WrestleMania 31, the IC ladder match. I like it. I like you it saw lot. it live. I saw it live. The the Brian Pop was obviously fantastic. Yeah. From the second he opened the show with, with his theme song, and it was like you ended 30 with him, and now you're starting 31 with him, which was both a compliment and a slap in the face. Yep. Um... You know, if we're going to talk about 31, I mean, there's two good matches on that. The opener and the closer. Yeah. And they're both great title matches. Um, the la the best part of the last one, or the main event, was, was obviously the Rollins cash-in. Yeah. But before that, Reigns and Brock were just beating the piss out of each other. You know, there was a point watching that match, before we get back to the ladder match, that I legit thought that they had had it with the way that the audience was treating Reigns. I thought they just told Brock, go out, and, go out for business on your, by yourself. Because it looked like he was legitimately just that manhandling was, him. I gained so much more respect for Reigns. And that, not even in that match, but in the Bryan match the month prior. He took a 
fucking beat it. And, like, a lot of people didn't like the smiling when, you know, Brock was beating his ass. Yeah. Because he was legitimately beating his ass. But I thought that it was fantastic. You right. Know, it, it built up some character in him for once. Right. They've never let this guy be his own character. They just give him this processed bullshit. Well, they, and they, he's a legitimately funny guy. He is, and he seems like he's got the charisma. They just don't let him use it. No, exactly. Uh, but I thought this match from his entrance, like in rewatching it, his entrance was awesome. When he did the punch to the, the mat and then the fireworks went off, it was yeah. a really cool visual. Um, Brock came out, and you just get that. You get that, like, chill in the it's air. It's the birth of Suplex City yeah. also. He so, suplexed yeah. the shit out of it. But, him. yeah, I mean, that... That mania last year was bookended by two great title matches, yeah. so I think they're—I don't think they're top ten, uh, nope. but I think that they're worthy of being discussed. You know what really kept the, this the latter match off of my list was they used Luke Harper more than I felt they should have. The muscle—he was the muscle in the match. I thought at one point he legitimately killed Dean Ambrose too. Yeah, the ladder the, he when was... he did the power bomb through the ladder. Um, there were some cool spots in that match. I mean, the yeah. golf. One thing that you have to look back on though was when Dana Bryan was on top of the ladder, ferociously headbutting yep. Dolph Ziggler, that makes you wonder, you know, yeah, no, I was still, that the beginning of the end? I still blame Sheamus on that, because Sheamus came in recklessly, just yeah. banged his head against the thing, and, oh, hey, I, get, I get caused a concussion. Yeah, I mean, when, he, when the next night on Raw, they did a rematch, of, they did those two again, I think it was Dolph and Bryan, yeah. a great match. Um, but no, that ladder match was fantastic. I mean, I'm excited to, I'm not excited, we'll talk about 32 later. Yeah. I'm not excited about how they got to the ladder match and some of the participants of the ladder match this year, but it's cool that they have that, that seems like they're making this kind of a tradition based on how good last year's was. Yeah. I don't know, for me, ladder matches, I I can never really enjoy them a lot because it's just so... Obviously dramatic. I mean, you don't like the process drama. The of... they, they, they take them five minutes to climb like a five foot ladder, and then someone just comes up and knocks them down the last minute. Hey, that's a twenty foot ladder, and nobody learns how to fall off of one of those. Okay. The, the thing with the ladder match is you that... can climb up one of those things in like five seconds. I know too well. You can. But not when you've been going through the torture and the rigor of a tough match. Yeah, exactly. If you've got a belt up there and you know as soon as you grab that, there's no more torture. You take, you you take, you take dirty deeds three times to your forehead. Then let me know how fast you can get up that thing. The thing about the ladder match at this point, and like, and I rewatched the the 16 and 17 tag matches, the the Brett one. It's so tough to be creative in these matches at yeah. this point, but they still find ways. Um, in this match, you know that that Ambrose spot alone, I thought Ambrose was dead. Um, he's a he's a tough bastard. He yeah. showed it in this match. Um, I like this match a lot. Uh, again, I don't think it's a top ten as we're not putting it as one, yeah. but it's pretty close. All right. And uh, next up here uh, with David is Hogan versus Savage WrestleMania five. Okay, I, I originally had Warrior and Hogan on yep. my list. I want to you know after rewatching it, I want to take it off and put this match in it. Um, Build for this was awesome. The build for this was phenomenal. Yep. Um, it was a much better match than the Warrior match, because um, Savage is a much better worker than Warrior is. Savage pulled a minor... This is, honestly, Hulk Hogan's best match in his career WWF. Yeah, and, I mean, the build was the best. You know, it, it was the true main event of the match. Yeah. Which, when you look at, you know, that was the good thing about wrestling in the 90s, is they had one match that they kind of centered their entire show around. Right. Which made the rest of the cards weaker. But this was a true main event, and, you know, the crowd was good. Warrior, um, not even Warrior. Uh, Macho was great in the match. Hogan was great in the match. Yep. And the Elizabeth dynamic made it. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that made it was Jesse Ventura's commentary 
really sold home. You did. There were legitimate times when you didn't think Hogan. Well, the Hogan was going to walk out with the belt, but Jesse made it feel like he wasn't going to win. Yeah, I mean, Ventura was great. Um, there were times that he was bad. You know, I mean, if we talk, we were talking a little before we started recording here. That that um, what was the match that he sucked in? Was it the Andre match? Yeah, Andre, yeah, the uh, uh, yeah. Andre Hogan. So he had his ups and downs. Him and Gorilla were a pretty good team, though. Um, and you know, he fit into that mold, and he kind of set the tone that he would kind of come in and perfect. Mm. All right, then we got Heenan um, was fun to listen. No, Heenan was awesome to listen to. He was a great one. And then uh, Keith Martin brings up. Oh, there's only one match here that we, we have, we're not going to be talking about, and that would be uh, Trish versus Victoria versus Jazz WrestleMania 19. One of the few good women's matches, title match or otherwise, um, at WrestleMania. I forget how good Victoria was. Victoria's fantastic. In the beginning of the career, before they really like let her slide. Yeah, her knees got really bad at the yeah. end. But her finishing move. I mean, if you're doing create a wrestler shit on any of the WWE games. Widow's Peak ended up on yeah. one of your characters. She was, was she great. Was great. Trish was just really coming into her own at this point. Yep. Um, and Jazz was underrated. Was Jazz was, she was a tough woman. Like, she was a legitimately tough woman. And that's where this match, you know, you had two big bullies and you had Trish. Trish. was, like, the heroic babyface at this point. So, it was a good match. Yeah, it was an awesome match. Um, all right, so here are the uh, best title matches. Now, I'm going to try to do this where we have some consensus before we start hitting, you know, Everyone's individuals here. So, uh, okay. So here are some of the matches. And this one, Chris wanted to bring this one up, uh, but all three of us agree. Ricky, uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat versus Randy Macho Man Savage, Intercontinental Championship, WrestleMania three. Possibly the greatest match in wrestling history. It it was good. I mean, and this yeah, I, was I wouldn't go that far, but it was really good. Th it was crazy how rushed this match seemed at times. Um, for the match that it was the longest match on the show, and it was maybe twelve minutes long. Yeah, um, it felt really rushed. Um, the thing that when in rewatching this match, the thing that really kind of caught my attention is how spoiled we kind of are as wrestling fans now. Yeah, because we have all these guys now working these, you know acrobatic moments. I mean, you look at your Seth Rollins, you look at your Daniel Bryans, you've got these guys that were willing to go they the extra mile with everything. These two are about the only guys in this era that were willing to do that. Yeah. And it kind of set an entire era up, this mm -hmm. match. If you look at, if you listen to your Rollins, your Ambroses, guys like that, they love this match. Macho, Steamboat, it was perfect. Um, the Georgia Animal Steel dynamic was kind of weird. Um, but it had everything you wanted in a wrestling match back then. Ref yeah. knocked down, you know, the, the the woman outside the ring that was in peril while her asshole fiancé or whatever he was at the time. Yeah, was working the I think it was style. just like her, her, her boss at the time. It's in storyline. And before the match was this amazing dragon promo. When he's, they just cut to him with Mean Gene and he's doing all these ninja moves in the yeah. back. This was pre-fire-breathing dragon. Right. So I, the, probably my favorite dragon was fire-breathing dragon, but regardless... This match was awesome, and it really changed the style that you can wrestle, in yeah. my opinion. It's, it is, it just, and they, they worked the shit out of this match on the house shows. And they, they worked down every minute detail of this match to perfect it. And it shows. People still talk about this match to this day. And I know that, you know, after the match happened, I mean, this this resulted in, in um, well, Steamboat taking the title for like three months and then getting canned 
Yeah. And then I, Savage got bumped down the mid-card because he was the only one who Hogan could have punished. I love the amount of pin attempts they had in this match. They mm-hmm. were constantly trying to get the quick fall. Um, Very I, back and forth. Yeah. yeah. I love the the Macho Man, you know, flying axe handles. He was hitting those. And, he, and of course, my favorite Macho back then was anytime he get that ring bell out. Yeah. He brought it mm-hmm. into this one. Um, the match was awesome. The psychology was through the roof. Yeah. You know, you don't see psychology like that today. And, it, well, it's interesting, too, because it, it really... Th- this match popped the crowd. I think they were expecting a decent match. This this match woke the crowd up. Yeah, the crowd was dead. They started out kind of hot because they were excited for it, and then they kind of fell asleep a little bit. Yep. They were back up by the time this was. Well, this is back in the day when WrestleMania used to have, like, 20 matches, too. Most of them had zero build. Yeah, I mean, and this was the longest match of the show at 12 to 14 minutes. Yeah. Where it ended up being. And, I mean, just to think about that now, that that's insane. When now they struggle to get eight matches in on a four-hour broadcast. Yeah. It's just, it's a different time, though. Yeah, the worst thing that I, that I had about this match was the announcers. Yeah. Ventured in... I don't think they were expecting to, really it to be as good because they were gearing up all their and best Ventura shit for... Ventura was instantly saying as soon as the match ended that it was the greatest match of all time. Now, now you know, was hindsight 2020, you know, was it? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Based on the, on the times, but... But, I mean, you didn't know that at the time. I felt like we can look back at it now 20 years later and talk about it, 30 years later and talk about it. But, um, you know, the match was good. But there are those matches where you watch it and you're exhausted because it's such a good match. Yeah, that's one one of them. It's it's 14 minutes. It's, it's, you know, roll up, roll up, roll up. It's action packed from Bella Bella. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, Mike, you and I agree on this one. Um, WrestleMania 28, CM Punk versus Chris Jericho for the WWE World title. Yeah. Dude, these two are two sides of the same coin. They were the champion. Oh, they were both best that in the world. No, yeah, yeah, they were both considered best in the world. That bragging rights were best in the world, really. Uh. Um, and both of these guys essentially know what it's like to be the disrespected world champion. Yeah, yeah this was what third to last in the show. Third or fourth to it last in the show. It was. It, I'm sure that Punk didn't get main event pay for this one either, because uh, God knows Jericho never did. I mean, for me, I mean, yeah, I mean, they started off with the whole storyline of, you know, trying to get him, Jericho was trying to get him DQ'd because he could lose about the DQ'd. title, yeah. But once they get past that, then they both really start going, giving it their all, and that's what I really like. My yeah. biggest issue with this match and why I didn't have it in my top ten, it wasn't far from my top ten, but I thought the Extreme Rules show the next month was a better match. Yeah. So that's where I struggle with it. You know, it, it definitely was two guys you love seeing together because um, they were really microcosms of each other. Yeah, they're both the same dick heel. It's just that one of these guys had to be the face. Yeah. And Jericho just won out to be the bigger heel that night. It's one of those matches that, you know, it unfortunately was put in a situation when it was with a once-in-a-lifetime match. Yeah. Um, so This so, was uh, Rock. Roxena won, yeah, right? Roxena won, and, and the crowd had was pissed off at the beginning because of Sheamus Bryan. Yeah. Um. So there was some extreme highs and some extreme lows on the show. This did. This was the best. Well, yeah, this was probably the best match in the show. But yeah. I, you still have Taker and Triple H too, which was the was end that, of that an was... era. End of an era. Triple H the Taker with that cell match. Oh, that was. I didn't like that I, match at all because the, match... the weird. It, like Sean's overacting in that match yeah. killed that match. I for think me. we talked about this in last year. Yeah, last year. The thing is about this match is that, it, and this is my biggest worry about this year's that we'll get into is 
you know, it's a cell match that if you're in that crowd, you can't really get the energy. Yeah. If you're at home, you can because yeah. you can hear what they're saying to each other. It was, you hear them. It was very theatrical. But, yeah, in, in hindsight, you know, Jericho Punk was probably the best match in the Yeah. Show. All right. Now, um... Plus, they were just beating the hell out of oh, each other. It was a great match. It was a great match. And Punk, you could see Punk, when he went into this match, felt disrespected. And he wanted to be the best that night. Yeah. He wanted to, to show that, you know, why is Dwayne getting this spot? That I yeah, exactly. Why is the part-time... Why is the guy not going to be here on Monday getting the spot? Yeah. So, uh, now... This is weird. I have to keep calling you guys Mike here. Uh... Mike Rossi, you and I agreed on a WrestleMania 20, Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus Chris Benoit for the uh, heavyweight championship. I loved this match. I, I think it's the best triple threat match of all time. It's a fucking shame this match was scrubbed from history because yeah. this is an awesome match. And I mean, I loved Eddie and Angle too, which yep, we'll talk which, about. Yep. I think I have that in there. Yeah, you, had, you um, and Mike are both talking about that but one. But this match was definitely the better of the two. Um, they both... Triple H and HBK bled like stuck pigs. Yeah. This entire match. It was like some of the bumps that these guys were pulling out in this match was, was crazy. Um, you know, it, it sucks now. It's still weird to me to watch Benoit matches knowing that he killed his whole family. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah actually, um, while I was going through and looking at the matches on WWE.com, one thing I noticed is like, wait a second, there's a big old gap and there's no, like, there's no, like, little notices on that. Yeah. Oh, it's a Benoit map. They'll, yeah, they'll show the match on the network, but they will not put his name in print. No. H, yeah, HBK <coughs> hit this perfect moonsault off the top rope to the outside. Yeah. Like, you couldn't execute that better in a video game. Um, it was... Everything that they did worked, worked in this match. My biggest concern going into that match also was because HBK shoehorned himself into the match that it was going to be another Triple H HBK grudge match, and Chris Benoit was just his outside... Thing and I mean the result obviously Triple H taps clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring to the cr the crossface. Um, this match is just such an emotional boost at the end too. It because was, and the crowd needed it. Because oh yeah, this match started at the three hour and fifty nine minute mark. They were yeah exhausted. They they exhausted themselves in the Eddie Angle match and in the Goldberg Brock match. Oh my god, they couldn't boo loud enough during that one. Um, so this crowd was tired by then. It was a New York drunk crowd. Yeah. And um, by the time this match started, they were flat. But they, they brought them into it pretty quickly. And they, they just the ending thing, still one of my all-time favorite sports moments of all time. Yeah. And the thing is, too, with, with the crossface that led to the finish, how many times in this match did he attempt the crossface that they kept on getting out of, yeah. kept on roping? Um, then he finally got it in, and then he, at one point... He gets it in, and Triple H is real close to the rope. And then, out of nowhere, Benoit somehow gets him back into the middle of the ring with this crazy, like, back roll he does. And then he puts it on, and at that point, you knew hey, this match was over. Yeah. Oh, God. I was I was, I was, shocked. My jaw dropped. Yeah, I mean, and just that, that iconic moment of Eddie and, and Benoit together celebrating at the end, one as a retained champion and one as a new champion. Yeah. It was just an awesome moment. Yeah. And you just look at it now and it, it's it has unfortunately oh, a different feel. Creep angle to it now. Uh, but it was one of those moments that you're always going to remember as a fan. Yeah. Alright. What else we have here? Okay. Um, you and I also agreed on Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock WrestleMania 17. I just rewatched this one last night. I love this match. I mean there were some really good Austin Rock matches. 
Um, but this one was fantastic. I love um, this they, match is great, except for the end, which is yeah. the ill-advised heel turn. Yeah, with Vince, and you saw it coming a mile away. How the fuck, dude? And, you know, the problem is we didn't, we couldn't see far enough that they were gonna botch that up. Yeah, too. yeah. And the what I loved about this was the intensity. Austin comes out. He has you know the the typical Austin entrance. Rock comes out, and Austin just you know staring right through him. As the and they don't even you know they don't have this elaborate setup like you would have at a main main event now. Right. They just instantly run right into a match. They went like half an hour. Yeah. Um. The ending with Vince was you know it was it, what it was. was. It was what it was. It didn't hurt based on what where they went with it and whatnot. Um. This was just around invasion time. It was, and that was the pro. We didn't know. Yeah. We thought we were going to be getting all these awesome matches that never occurred because yeah, yeah. of the invasion and the infamous evasion angle. Oh, God, that was a bad summer. It was. It Holy was. shit, this, that was a bad summer. When I rewatched this match, there was a couple things that stood out. Austin hit Rock with this body slam that was over the top rope, and he flat back bumped like completely to the outside. And I just looked at it, I was like, holy shit, Rock just took the most insane bump probably of his career. Um, and then just the amount of intensity that these guys had from bell to bell, and I didn't know it was a 29-minute match. And yeah. this was awesome at the tail end of his career, basically. Um, the, these guys just really, they went out and put balls to the wall. And that that stadium looks so fucking big by comparison to what you see now. Yeah. You see these big arenas, these big stadiums, they look huge. But I don't know if this was like the first big one in a while or what, what it was that mentally it made it look bigger than it was. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the greatest thing about all of Austin and the Austin Rocks matches is that those are two probably the most charismatic personalities. The two biggest stars, arguably the two biggest stars in the history of our so-called sport. And not just biggest stars, but the most charismatic right. stars. The only, the th- and this is what really always puts me off of Austin, is the fact that he only lost clean to Rock once. And it was his retirement match. Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing that storyline mode on uh, 2K16 right now. Jesus Christ, the storylines they stuck Austin in were That's ridiculous. That's the Austin one, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're ridiculous. Oh, they are so it bad. It is. Um, I mean, and that's the thing is uh, Austin got over kind of in spite of some of the booking. Sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that these two guys were just, they defined an era, and I think this was probably their best match, um, and it just put everything together. Yep. The ending, like you said, like you said, leaves a little bit to be desired. And we didn't know. We figured yeah. that Austin was going to be this awesome, badass heel, and it just it deflated because they essentially turned him villain to have Kurt Angle be the All American hero after nine eleven, and then he turned heel like the month after. Yeah, and The Rock looked great because he kept on kicking out of chair shots. Yeah. and stunners. There was one stunner he sold so well. Rock could sell a stunner. And that always amazed me about Vince. For as many stunners as that dude took, he couldn't hit. He could not sell that thing. No, not at all. Um, But that was also part of the intrigue to him. Right. You know, you didn't know how the awkward old man would fall. The only person who sold a stunner better than Rock, though, was Angle. Yeah. yeah, Angle just popped right up. Scott Hall, too. Real? Another Mania match. Oh, Um, God. That match. He sold that thing good. As bad as the match was, he sold that thing good. Hey, glad you brought up uh, Hall, because next up that Mike and I both agree on here, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 10. This match was the best WrestleMania match of all time. Okay. I have no problem saying that. All right. Um, after it is a great it, match. After rewatching it, it, it created the ladder match. I mean, I took some notes here. I could write a book about this match. Yeah. Um, the two titles were hanging because Shawn lost it to him, and 
and refused to acknowledge that he didn't have the championship. Um, Diesel gets thrown out of the, the match early. Um, the crowd was nuclear during this entire match. There were things that you saw in this that you had never seen at this point. Cause the you hadn't match, seen the ladder match. Yeah, you in, hadn't seen the ladder match. In WWF. So before. it's just like, and I love everything about this from Razor coming out and walking underneath the ladder yep. as like the proverbial FU to, to uh, Michael's, you know, I don't need luck in this one. Um, these two beat the piss out of each other yeah. in this match. I mean, that ladder was getting thrown around. And those weren't the gig ladders that they probably use today. That was a legitimate was a ladder, ladder that they were throwing full weight at, every, at each other as the match went on. Um, this, the, as crazy as it was, this match, you could tell by watching it, wasn't as choreographed as the ladder matches are today. Right. They were they were just throwing balls to the wall. They both became millionaires due to this match. Yeah. This match turned them both into legitimate superstars, um, especially Hall. Hall got a big contract out of this one. <laughs> um, just not with Vince. Just not with Vince. <laughs> but but I think this was the match when you Vince was looking at it, and he's like, I've got money in both of these guys right now. Yeah. And this match was just so phenomenal from the beginning. They... I mean, from exposed concrete outside the ring, all the stuff. Getting tied up in the ropes, hitting the ropes with your dick. Yeah, yeah. While you're while you're falling off a ladder. Oh. There was a couple vicious pile drivers in there. It was just so stiff, and these two beat the hell out of it. Well, the them. thing that makes this match amazing too is the fact Hall is a big dude. Yeah. Hall isn't an agile dude by any stretch, but oh my god, HBK just his selling was just so top notch. Um, he probably hurt himself overselling a lot of times. No, but he was he was so good. I mean, this was the biggest match of their careers at this point. Yeah. Um, and they just they delivered. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't have asked somehow. No one could. Pro- a lot of people probably say Brett Nolan was one of the best Mania matches ever, and that opened the show. It was a great match. But this one was better. Yeah. I mean, and they were both in the same. Show. I don't think anybody disputes that. No. This is a fantastic match. Definitely. It is definitely a top five match. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is if you threw a match like this into, like, today's WWE, especially in MSG, yeah, the crowd would take it over one way or the other because that's what we do now. Yeah. That didn't happen in this match. They kind of respectively... It, it reminded me of a Japan crowd during this match. Yeah. They got into it. They popped when they had to, but they didn't take away from the match. I felt like everything about this was perfect. I think, you know, I'm a big Dave Meltzer guy, so I go by star ratings quite a bit. This was a true definition of five-star. Oh, rating. absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, no, you're right, because the full-sale crowd would have fucked this thing Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. We deserve this. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, it's like there's no this is awesome chance at this point. <clears throat> it was just, it reminded, like I said, it reminded me of a Japanese crowd. Respectful, yeah. watched the match, enjoyed it, and, you know, that helped make the match what it was. When it's used correctly, I agree. Yeah. Well, the holy shit chant. I saw a holy shit chant during something that was so stupid. I think it was during Sabu versus uh, Big Show at SummerSlam. There are no holy shits in a match like that. Sabu was like 75 years old at the time. The only holy shit that should have been in that match is that it was actually happening. Yeah, exactly. At at, at SummerSlam. Oh my god, it was a bad match. Alright, so... um, Now... You two agree on one. Um, Angle versus Eddie, WrestleMania 20. Yeah. I liked it more than Angle versus Brock, and those are the two I was comparing it to. Yeah. Um, I just love the dynamic of the ending when Eddie 
you know, selling the ankle. He unties the selling the ankle. He unties it just enough to distract Angle, and he does the roll up and grabs the rope and yeah. gets the win. Um, I thought that was awesome. It, that was just the definition of the Eddie Guerrero character at that time. Yeah. It, and I mean, these two were just at the top of their game. It was Eddie's biggest mania match. It, uh, oh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, doubt that at all. And Angle, you know, Angle brought it that night. Um, yeah. The crowd was still really good at this point. It was part of the reason why they started, you know, kind of late in that main event. Yeah. Um, but it was, I thought it was a great match. Well, the thing is, too, yeah. Angle sold the shit out of this match, even though he knew he was going and losing. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you if you look back at these two, probably two of the most influential guys on wrestlers today. Yeah. I mean, even, like, like your Sasha Banks of the world, the Eddie Guerrero's the greatest to ever yeah. live. Yeah, It's just, these two were just, they were the great wrestlers on top of the fact that they both had awesome characters, too. Mm. And they, they could, you know, Angle was in the top, best shape of his life. These two were just at the top of their game. Ring technology and, and ring psychology was just, you know, off the charts in this match. Um, and Taz and Michael Cole, I thought, were pretty good. They did a great job. They Taz worked really, he knew how to rein in Cole. Yeah. And make him actually seem like a legitimate announcer. And, and he, he sucked at this time. Oh, absolutely. And the build-up was all about Angle calling, you know, Eddie a druggie. Yeah. Which, you yeah. know, had some ominous thoughts a couple years later. Um, it started at the early part of the, of the third hour. Yeah. Um, but the crowd, you wouldn't have noticed that in the crowd, the way this one started. I felt like of the two matches, this was the one based on the early crowd reaction they were a little bit more excited for. Yeah. I think the second one turned, uh, the triple threat turned into the better match, but the crowd was phenomenal from the get-go in this match. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like I like how Angle, Angle pretty much, he, he had the upper hand for most of the match, um, but Guerrero was always, he, he always had that, that extra That's energy. what made Eddie so good. Because he always had he, that extra little kick that just just enough the energy to you know get him out and get him keep him in the in the match he would lie cheat and steal yeah. whatever he had to do to get that win and he did that here yeah oh yeah that that ankle play was great oh, yeah. awesome all right well i thought we were gonna go quick on this we're almost an hour in so we're gonna we're gonna blast you some more of these matches so um mike let's start with one of your matches real quick um piper versus bret hart ic title match wrestlemania 8 yeah Bad show, awesome match. Yes, it was. I, mean, I liked this match a lot. I mean, Piper is always just a real good player. He's he's always he's always willing to you know give and take. Well, I love the fact that he was he was a face at the time, but still, you know, he pulled the Shawn Michaels. He was the he face of the heel, heel tendency. Yeah, yeah. The pre-match promo when they're talking about how when Piper used to spend time in the in the, in Hart the dungeon, family house yeah. and um and you know. Was it Martha Hart, the mother's name? Yeah. She would make the sandwiches, but only one piece of bologna in there. <laughs> I love that. That was such a good promo, and they were just going back and forth with each other. <clears throat> so, you know, even as big of a super baby face Piper was, um, he played the tendencies to a degree. Yep. Yeah. Knew what role he had to play to make that match as good as it was. The ending was awesome, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With, uh, with uh, Brett kicking off the corner and just kind of pretty much... Lay on top of them. Um, that was a, that was a great match. Yeah, and, and the IC title scale it might have been one of the best. And that match made Bret Hart that night because it, it, I don't think it was his first IC title reign, but it was it was his biggest it was match. his biggest match at that point. point. And, yeah, and his bloodstains soaked the soaked the mat for the entire rest of the show. I mean, yeah, the match. He's yeah, just yeah. Like a red I wonder how much they find him. Yeah, I know, right? Speaking of WrestleMania 8, uh, Mike, when you bring up your personal favorite match, yeah, which I thought that going in that I rewatched. HBK and, and Razor and, and you know that might have beat it, but yeah. I just love this match. Um, Flair's best 
WWF match at this point. Flair and Savage, no yeah. The build with Miss Elizabeth and how Flair had the photos. Fantastic. You never saw. The entire dynamic of, you know, Liz was banned. She couldn't come out. And then she came out and helped him at the end. Uh, Savage was just psychotic, you know, husband at that yeah. point. He played that role to a T. Um, the build, you know, after he won the Rumble and then he was, you know, this top of the world, um, Flair, and he had, you know, everybody with him. He had Heenan, he had Perfect. He had a, a group with him that was going to make sure he didn't lose this match. Yeah. And they still found a way to lose the match. Um, Shane McMahon was one of the referees in the pull-apart. Yeah. And um, I just love this match. I really wish it wasn't fucking an hour and a half into the show. Oh, God. That's, <laughs> Whatever I, it was. I almost forget about this match because it wasn't the main yeah. event. Because I mean, Hogan was, versus Sid. After this match, the show just shit. There was yeah. nothing after this point that you were going to be excited to watch again. Right. Because you had already seen Piper and Brett, and you already saw this. From there, I think the next match after the intermission was like an eight-man tag. And then you're building up towards Sid and... You're pretty much building up towards an Ultimate Warrior return. Yeah, exactly. That was pretty much what this show was. And a botched finish. Yeah. It's just, this match was fantastic. I loved the build-up. I loved the way that it, it went the entire, you know, from start to finish. It was quick. It was painless. It was entertaining. Yeah. They both knew their roles, and they played it perfectly. I, I liked this match. I thought, you know, it was, it was fun. It was entertaining, but... I mean, they were pulling their punches something fierce. I mean, they, I mean, he was swinging in. It was like, it was like a foot away from the uh, front. I mean, like, it was Flair gig though. Flair gig oh, and, Flair and like gig. appealed appealed the fine that he was gonna have because he was like, no, no, I just if you just touch this, it bleeds. And the thing is, as soon as the match ended, they cut right to the back, and he's cutting his money promo about how he gets screwed. Yeah, and it's just the, they both were at the at the top of their characters' game at that point. And they really just were perfect for each other going into this match. You just forget how awesome Ric Flair was in his prime. And they just completely screwed that entire run up um, back in 92, 93. Yep. They could have been so much better. I mean, that was his height after winning that Rumble. Yep. And then it just, they never really got it back after that. So, um, all right. So, one of my personal favorites here um, WrestleMania 2, which nobody ever talks about, because this is the only good match on the entire show. Uh, the British Bulldogs versus the Dream Team for the uh, tag titles. I think I like this match more for nostalgia purposes than the actual match itself because essentially it's the Dynamite Kid versus Greg Valentine and two big muscular dudes. One just ha- one had to be Davy Boy Smith who just happened to be more talented than Brutus Beefcake. They were just these two did fit so well together. These two teams. Um, the Bulldogs were a great team. Yeah. And, I mean, people don't talk about them enough in the in the terms of some of the best tag teams ever. I, I, I agree with when that. When they were together, they were gold. Yeah. It's it's a shame, too, because, I mean, Davey Boy did great stuff as a singles wrestler. He was never a good wrestler by himself, no, though. He couldn't talk, either. Well, that was the thing, too. Mumble mouth. Problem, and he, yeah. But the problem was, too, they gave him the power moves. Essentially, he was just a big dude. And you forget about what a big dude he was. I mean... Ironically, standing next to Dynamite, who was like six, you know, like four foot two or whatever. But Dynamite, man, oh my god, nut motherfucker is in it a was, wheelchair for a it reason. It was really the only match that Bulldog had at Mania that you really cared to talk about. Yeah, you know, his. You remember? I remember Bulldog more for like that SummerSlam match at Wembley. Yep. Um, but Mania, it just never really lined up for him. Yeah. This match though was great. This, you know, this is a fantastic match. If it weren't for the fact that essentially it left. 
Dynamite crippled, yeah. and Ozzy Osbourne essentially had to accept the tie titles while well, he was coked out of his like, mind. That a good match existed in this era of WrestleMania. It's it, a testament, yeah, exactly. That. Especially WrestleMania two, yeah, because there's a pantheon of the three worst WrestleManias ever: two, nine, and fifteen. Yeah, this one. Uh, it's still, uh, we mentioned it earlier, but I gotta throw eleven in there. Eleven is a bad one too. Again, uh, Lawrence. But yeah, no, I mean the main event of two was King Kong Bundy against Hogan in a cage match. Yeah, the and blue. Said, it was the blue cage. The blue cage. But I think it was like seven minutes. It was like seven minutes long, and most of it, uh, it most of it was, it was just uh, Bundy peeling off uh, Hogan's uh, ab- abdominal tape. And just though the whole thought of you know. Ending a WrestleMania by you escaping a cage and not actually beating anybody. Right. It's just so dumb. Yeah. It's it's insulting, actually. It's bad. It's because you knew. Forget kayfabe. You knew that Bundy wasn't going to win that because that that fat dude couldn't fit out the door or get over that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because it really, I mean, even though it was called WrestleMania, it was. Who knows that we'd be talking about it thirty years later as WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just like the placement. Um, that that tag match, you know, if it wasn't for that, who it knows? finished out the second segment because they shot it in three different cities. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only the only way that King Kong Bunny would have been able to escape that match is if he ate, ate his way through the bars. Exactly. Through the match, the uh, bars back off. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh God. He was he met, he made an event at WrestleMania. That dude got re- main event payday, and CM Punk never saw up any of that. First time I ever saw King Kong Bundy. He was in. He was in an episode of Married, Married Children. Children. Yeah, I have this match just before we we get back on topic. I have this match from the World Class Championship Wrestling Collection. Bundy has hair, oh, and he's wrestling Fritz. Huh. In Fritz's retirement match, it's tough to get through. And that, I'm talking from early '80s World Class Championship Wrestling Bundy standards. With hair alone. Was he? Did he still have a singlet? Huh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was still a big fat, yeah, you know, he, yeah. he still looked like a broken black condom, but, <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, he, he had, had hair. He had the two bars in singlet instead of the, the one Andre look. Oh, Jesus. Some singlets are, not all singlets are made equal. No. All right, so, um, Mike, how about uh, WrestleMania 6? No, 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 we, 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 we got that one out. We got, really we got rid of that one. So, anymore. all right, why don't you go then with WrestleMania 31? 31, okay, we'll go back to Brock and Reigns. Um, we kind of talked about it a little bit, so we don't have to go nuts with this. Oh, no, I'm sorry, this is 30. 30, I'm, I'm 30. okay, yeah, 30. 30, 30 my bad. Brian match. All right. So we're going through three WrestleManias in five seconds. Five seconds, yeah. Woo! That's fine. So, WrestleMania 30 was a two-match show. Yes. Yeah. And they were both Daniel Bryan matches. Yes. Yeah. Ironically. The first match was the better of the two, but it wasn't a title match, so we can't talk about that. So yep. let's talk about the three-way at the end. Originally billed as the biggest match in WrestleMania yes. history. Which was Batista and Orton. <laughs> All right. They screwed up this card so bad, but regardless. Yeah. Um, they fixed it in a way that we all left happy. Yep. Say it yeah. that way. I, this, was, this was my second WrestleMania that I attended. 29 was not good. Um, other than Punk and Taker, there's nothing on 29 no. that I really no. you know, even, care for. Even Punk and Taker I had issues with. Um, it was a good match, though. But, you know, 30 was a show that, you know, we I said to my friends when we were walking in, you know, as we were probably already, like, 10 beers deep, let's make sure that we remember this one. Yeah. 29 was kind of easy, because I didn't really care that much about the show. So we said, you know, we knew Brian was going to leave with the strap. Who knows what type of, you know, build this would be, you know, how the show would be spaced out. They did it perfectly. From the Hogan beginning to uh, Hogan, you know, calling it the Silverdome, um, to the awesome Triple H match, mm. and then he had to work that shoulder off. Um, 
Orton's entrance with the band playing the music was yeah. awesome. Batista came out and the crowd just wanted him to die. And then Brian came out and it was like everybody's hero had just shown up. Yeah. Um, selling that shoulder to the high heavens. I love that when he got taken out in that ridiculous table spot, which hurt Orton more than him, that he didn't go all the way to the back to come back out. He got off that stretcher as soon as they started rolling into the back, and then he took over that match. I loved every aspect of him playing the underdog role. Triple H and Steph coming out to try to screw him every which the way they could. Him doing the tope through the ropes on all three of the, I think it was Batista, Triple H, and Steph. Yeah. Steph sold their ankle for, like, the rest of the night. Um, that, and then, like, the thing is that, that I really felt about this match after, knowing where we are now, was Brian celebrating that title win with Connor. Yeah. You know, the kid mm-hmm. the kid that died of cancer last year. Um, that was just such an iconic moment that we didn't feel, unfortunately, until, until Connor, you know, lost his battle. Um, but that entire show was the Daniel Bryan show, yeah. even though Undertaker lost to Brock. Um, unfortunately, that was the issue that, you know, when you left the stadium, more people were talking about that than Bryan, because that was the true shock of the evening. Yeah. yeah. But this, this triple threat match was laid out so perfectly to make the underdog look like the true superstar, and they created a star that night just to kill him a month later. Yeah. Um, but we don't have anything for you. Go go get married and then yeah, come go back and So it... <laughs> This match is love in so many ways because as bad as this Batista run was, which did get a little bit improved when they put Evolution back together, he played his role in this perfectly. He was fine taking the tapping out. He did the job. He did everything he needed to do to make Brian look like a stud. Yeah. And Orton just you know had that cocky heel thing going, which he was always perfect with. Yeah. Um, but you know this match was just laid out so perfectly. They bookend like I said, they bookended a. a they made a not so good show great with two matches. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. All right, so Mike, you've got uh, WrestleMania twenty. Which one? John Cena versus the Big Show for the yeah. U.S. title. Maybe, maybe it's because I just watched the Andre Hogan match right before this, but then I watched this one. I was like, wow, those guys can really move. Um, Cena was awesome at this point. Yeah, at this, this was, point, Cena was still yeah, he was white fresh. Rapper. He was still doing the white rapper gimmick, but he was freshly turned face. And Big Show, I mean, Big Show, for being a big guy, he can he can do it. He I do think things. when you talk about work rate, Big Show doesn't get enough credit. Right. I mean, yeah, there are times when he sucks. It was the weight, weight gain and weight loss. There were times he looked good and had great matches. Yeah. There were times he was the revolting blob. This is before. This is right before he left for a while and stopped referring himself as the Big Show because that was his slave name. Mm. Um, those are his words, actually. But this match is great because it was a great coming out party for Cena. Um, really built him as the next generation of superstar. That fucking F5. Yeah. Not F5, the FU. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. when it was the FU, yeah. not the AA. Yeah, the thing with the with <clears> this <throat> match, too, is it built Cena up to be the main eventer for the next decade. Yeah. And this was the first match of the show, too, yeah. right? Yeah. So this was like, <clears throat> this was, even though Benoit and Angle, I mean, Benoit and Eddie at the end there, really were the ones we were celebrating, when you look back at this show, it was the beginning of the Cena era. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, as the first match of the show, and then, I mean, he just took off from there. I mean, the fact that he did the a full FU to the big show. Yeah. That is a, just a massive, impressive... Ma- it was an impressive feat of strength did then. He, didn't he do it twice? No, he just did it the one time. Oh, right. But it was, it was impressive to watch because it, when you think about it, I mean, Cena's a big dude. 
Cena's a lot smaller than a lot of the, yeah. the big dudes that you perceive. If you just look at him compared to other guys, I think, was he like 5'2", 5'3", 6'2", or 6'3"? Yeah, 6'2", 6'3". He's not that big. Compared to like Triple H, he was like 6'4". Yeah, he's just huge. Yeah, he's just he's just thick. And then, and, you know, right, right out of here, 21, he wins the title against JBL, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then it was the decade then, of dominance. Yeah, then it was, I mean, 22 was, it was a pretty good main event with Triple H. 23 was an awesome main event with Michaels. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, those were, you know, that's why this match created your new guy. And that's where, you know, it makes me think about, you know, as, as Cena was created here, now they're going to try to create Roman Reigns. Again. But are we going to ever look back at Roman Reigns and say that was his moment? Nope. I don't think we're going What to. is it? What is Roman Reigns' moment? We can say that about Cena, clearly, yep. this night that we're talking, Mania 20. Um, and then, you know, foolproof, and then we're finally going to have a Mania without Cena this year. Um, so it, it's... This was the lifting point of an icon. Yeah, and you know, I, I normally, normally, I really like it when it's a legitimate pin, a legitimate finish to the match. Yeah. But Cena was just like having so much fun with his his uh, gimmick at that point that I even didn't mind it when I mean, you know through the chain as a distraction that pulled out the the brass knuckles. Yeah, I he played this character. I enjoyed so much. that. It, it, was, it was fun. I wish he did it longer. Yeah, because now he's just whatever's on his t-shirt. Because then he was just like a pussified version of this character yeah. for yeah. the next ten years. Well, that's back when he used to have a finishing move called yeah. the five knuckle shuffle. And when he brought this character back in the Rock feud, yeah. like a night, it was yeah. like a nostalgia pop for me. Yeah. All right, so on my list, I've got uh, WrestleMania 18, uh, Angle versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. Great match between two great mat technicians, botched ending aside. That's the problem that I have. Yeah. And that's where I separated this with Eddie, Eddie and Angle. This was a tough one because I really, I, I wanted this match on here, but I, and we really kind of got to blow through some of these real quick. This match is phenomenal based on the fact these two guys are mat wrestlers who do such a good job, but when Brock botched that shooting star spread, you could see tweeting birds flying around his head. It's and it's funny when you look back at this match and watch Brock's work rate then versus work rate now. And he's more over now than he ever was yeah. then. Um, and he just he simplified his character to the point that he was just this dominant massive human being that he is now. Well, the but then he was, he's smaller now than he was yeah. during the fact that He was throwing out a shooting star press whether he hit it or not. It's just absurd. Yeah. When you look at him now, and I don't even think he would attempt to go to the middle rope. Yeah. Or the top rope. No, this, well, that was the thing, too. It was the lore that when he was in, a, um, in Florida Championship Wrestling, he could hit the shooting star spurs, and nobody believed anybody. And the issue with it was not, he could hit it, but they were so, he was so far from angle when he went oh, up there. It was a bad, it was um, just bad. Yeah. It should have never been He's lucky he didn't break his neck. Yeah, he is. I mean, the fact that they did it fucking twice yeah, yeah. was, ugh. And I mean, Angle, like, like his, he was probably in his tip-top physical shape, you know, right around this two or three-year era, um, and Brock was too. Um, yeah. It's just it's a matter of these two guys just wanted to put on a great show, and for the most part, they did. It's just that that ending just leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Absolutely. All right, so Mike, you and I actually have um, a pair of matches, um, both involving the same contestants. WrestleMania 16 for me, WrestleMania 17 for you, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and the Dudleys for the tag titles. I personally like 16 better for two reasons. One, for its time, it was innovative as fuck. Even compared to the match the next year. The second thing, and this is what kept 17 off of my list, 
was just everybody had a run-in. Yeah. Everybody got a run-in in 17, and I that ruined it that. for me. What I liked, and I had to watch these two back-to-back to form an opinion. Yeah. I liked how, I don't want to say they dumbed it down with 17, because I think they got more done. But there was a lot more lulls in 16. Well, yeah, there's too much setting yeah, up a spot. It felt like and... it took the Dudleys six years to set up their tables at one point in the middle of the match. <laughs> and, I mean, the Swanton, that was amazing. Um, off the 20-foot ladder. Off the 20-foot ladder. I mean, he matched pretty well the next year. Um, the difference that really pushed it, like, I, I have some notes here that, that I just have to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Them. But, <laughs> I mean, I literally put the fucking spear. Because oh, that spear... And that's an iconic moment. It was such yeah. an iconic moment, and I think that that made Edge a superstar. Yeah. Um, there was no letdown in this match. Um, I didn't like... The, the only thing I didn't like in 17 was the, the unprotected chair shots with Rhino. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Lita laid into him at one point with one. It was brutal. Lita... I'm amazed Lita never killed anybody. I know. It was shit. crazy. Great well, wrestling. Sloppy as shit. Yeah, it's just like... Like, the big lull of the tables in the middle of 16 really hurt that portion, portion for me. Um, this, in 17, was five minutes shorter. I felt like they, like, they took what the method that they had and they, like, tightened it up. Right. 17. Um, but you're right. 17 doesn't exist without 16. Right. So it's tough. It's kind of like, you, you really have to compare the two together. Yeah. There were no let, there was no letdown in this match. And probably the craziest spot probably wasn't even the Hardy Swanton of the Spear. It was the Hardy Bubba double shot through the two tables. Yep. Or four tables, I should say. And then just Hardy just started gushing blood. Yeah. And you didn't even know where it was coming from, but you come back down and the table's just covered in blood. And they're literally just like arm like cuddling down there because they're yes. making sure yeah. they're still alive. Um, I like I like seventeen more. Yeah, I just and sixteen was so like. I watched that, and I'm like, I'm never going back to regular wrestling again. I know. And that's the thing, is they set the stage for, you know, your, your ladder match at 31. Yeah. Your Money in the Bank series. They pretty much invented that stuff in these two matches. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, watching 16, that's where I kind of discovered I really didn't care for ladder matches. Because, I mean, you know, like you were saying, yeah, after all that wrestling. Now, Edge and Christian were climbing those ladders within, within like, two minutes into the match. Neither one of them really had really taken a huge hit. And it was still taking five minutes to climb that ladder. Understood, but Mike, these are, I mean... They, I get it, it's been drama, yeah. but there's so much, there's only so much reality I can... I just, I wish we had tag teams that were legitimate tag teams now. To, to an extent we do. I think the New Day yeah. are, are perfect as a, as a team, even though they're a three-man team. Um, they play the dynamic so perfectly, right. though. And but that's the thing, though. Ascension... Could be one of those big teams, but they've been buried to the point of non-existence. If, if the big guy of the two, which I can't even think of his name right Victor now. Victor or Connor. Connor, Connor. If, if he was half of what Victor was, then they would be a good yeah. team. Because he's got the size. But if you had teams like American Alpha. Yeah. Or um, the Villains. Or yeah. someone like that. These teams that are cohesive. You can't picture them apart from each yeah. other. And that's where the NXT dynamic is amazing. But they still find a way to fuck it up every time they bring them up to the main roster. Yeah. And it, it's crazy that that even can happen because you've, you've got guys that are so guaranteed money. But at the same time, like what, what I was instantly thinking about when I was watching these ladder matches back was the match at, ladder match at TLC this past year. Yeah. When, you know, the Lucha Dragons and Kalisto pretty much died. 
on that yeah. one match, <laughs> that one spot he did. And I mean, honestly, that match was just that match doesn't exist without these at sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. And I mean, they, these matches can still be innovative when they do it the right way. And I felt like that match made me think of those sixteen, seventeen moments. Plus, I can't. I really can't stand the Dudley Boys. I see them come out. I'm just like uh, Dudleys are brought for the nostalgia pop. I mean, hope. Hopefully, they're there just to make the Usos look good because yeah. the Usos. Well, first of all, I think they've missed a big opportunity just getting them with with Roman. Yeah. yeah. The in the the one injury that the Uso had last year really they destroyed them. them. It killed they, their momentum. Then the New Day just steamed yeah. past it. But that's good for us because the New Day I, I went back and I listened to last year's show and we're shitting all over the New Day. Yeah. Now they're the hottest act in one of the hottest acts on the on the card right now. And it's amazing. Vince has got to be so proud of himself. He got three black guys over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, a, at the same time, in the same angle, but he still, did, three black guys. These guys have just been, I mean, night and day from one year to the next. Yeah. It's, they're amazing. Now. And they're going to have a, their mania moment this year. I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but I can... I heard their, their entrance, entrance is off the hook. Their entrance is going to be nuts. Um. All right, so let's see. What do we have left? Mike! You've got one here. Three-way match. Orton versus Cena versus Triple H. Uh, WrestleMania 24. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I just thought, I mean, I, they were, I, I really liked how they were building Orton up in that one. And, you know, and it wasn't, you know, most most of the time in three ways, you got like, one guy get thrown out and then the other two go in and, the, and then that guy. This one, they were, they were all going at it at one time. And then... You know when uh, you know Triple H hit um, Cena with the pedigree, yeah. knocked him out, and then Orton came in, stole that pin. I thought that was a and yeah, and then it was a good match. It's just it's one of those things that it's a great match at the moment. Then you realize what happened the next month. Yeah, well, the Triple H just beat the shit out of Randy Orton. Well, I, I was just taking the matches. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't. Look no, at well, the, absolutely no. I understand that, and it was a good match. It was one of those things too. I was shocked because Randy Orton had no business winning that match. Right, none. They're just a. Couple, uh, we at the tail end here because I've got a couple matches that I just want to quickly. You know what? Um, I've got one match that I want to just go into some kind of detail in. I've got one another match that we can just gloss over. So if you got a couple more yeah, tail end stuff, like two minutes. Ago, All right, so. Um, real quick, there's one match i got to go into any detail, and it's only because we need to talk about a women's match. Yeah. WrestleMania 22, Trish Stratus versus Mickey James. God bless the Chicago crowd, because for once, the audience didn't treat a women's match like it was the, the, the you know, take a piss match. They were, the feud was awesome. The feud was so well built. Yeah. They're the, the most talented two women on the roster, and was, that ended. Yeah. It was like, at one point, Mickey was like... Lesbian Mo- tendency she towards Trish. bowling balled Trish yeah. in the match and, and licked her fingers and, 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 and they cut that. Yeah, it sucks. And they just show these idiots in the crowd. Yeah, and then they come back. She's got this big smile on her face. The best part of that match was the the crazy facial expressions that Mickey was putting on, um, especially when she was carrying the title to the back. She yeah. looked like an actual possessed human being. She played this character fantastic. But the Chicago crowd, she's a Chicago girl. Chicago yeah. crowd loved her. They did it. They did a really good job of this match. I mean, it's the best women's match in the history of media. Yeah, exactly. Which might get usurped this year, but we're going to yeah. talk about that in a second. All right. The main, so, the main thing that I got out of this match when wa- watching it is you had a woman in a cheerleader outfit against a, go- a woman in black leather. And? 
Not 22, <laughs> they could still play with those emotions. Yes, like, exactly. And uh, Vince is trying to tell us that they still... Uh, and, and I'm going to finally get those HLA t-shirts yeah. out, of, out of storage. <laughs> 22 is a legitimate match show. because they're dressed like... No. I love 22. That crowd was great from the oh, Chicago is awesome. Yeah. Um, so, a couple quick mentions. Uh, WrestleMania 16, WrestleMania 2000. Angle versus Jericho versus Benoit, Euro Continental Championship. Yeah, yeah. Great WrestleMania really debut for all three of these yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, it was a great match because even though there was a definitive loser, nobody got buried in this match. No. Everybody got over in and this Benoit match. And Benoit and Jericho had a really good history with each other going into this, and Angle could have been in a match with anybody at this point. And yeah. Into gold, so. it's so, he looks so different in 2000 than he did when he left. Because now it's just his desire to die in the ring. Yeah. I actually just watched him wrestle Rey Mysterio this past weekend. How was that? It was pretty bad. But it was, at J.I., it was like this really strange, like, card that was put together. It was like an internet pay-per-view. It was a two out of three falls, and the and the um, commentators were J.R. and Rampage Jackson. Oh, Rampage, Rampage was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Rampage is a fucking idiot. And it's a like, go watch wrestling, man. Yeah. The, not this one. <laughs> All right. So what do you got for a quickie? So just really quickly, um, some matches that I want to mention. Uh, Diesel and HBK in 11. Uh, best match on a was terrible a card. a piece of shit is what I put here. Um, Brett, HBK, Iron Man. Could have been so much better than it was. If, if, you know what? Kill that match for me was... Just like, come on, somebody take a fucking That's the pin. Thing. It's like, it was so boring at times. Selfish assholes. And, and what they learned from that is you can't do an Iron Man match without, you know, any falls. Right. Like, even if it's tied at one and you want to do that finish, you needed excitement. That, yep. that match should have been like half an hour shorter. You knew at the half no. hour point there weren't going to be a fall. Right. And that was the problem with that match. No one wanted to put the other guy over. Yeah, and that that's the thing is, is it was... If they were going to have that outcome, then why was it an Iron Man match? Right. You, you know what I mean? Um, one obscure one that I was flipping through Manias and I, I stopped and watched, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie against the New Age Outlaws in a dumpster. Jesus. Jesus. That was such a bad match. Oh, my God. Oh my but my the God. crowd was nuclear during that. It was yeah. fun to watch. It though. was. Foley and Funk were a couple of sickos. Yeah. Especially in that match. Chainsaw it was, Charlie. It was one of those matches that had no business being entertaining, but it was so right. entertaining. Was I just love the fact that, you know, JR's bell policy was hitting up big time because he couldn't remember what to call Terry Funk. Exactly. I, I, I just want, when I saw that match, I just wanted them to come into the ring to bad boys, bad boys. Yeah. What you, you just want to give Funk a hug. Like, go home, man. Go get some rest. Uh, and then finally, I, I got to give my boy Edge a shout out. Yeah. Um, 24, 26, and 27, he had good matches. 27, he was basically already a gimp with Del Rio. Yeah. Um, yeah, the match with Jericho was great at 26. Yeah. He, yeah. he looked like shit Even though he wasn't match, in a great body form. And then Edge Taker at 24, I feel like was the true, like the Batista Taker match was good, but I felt like Edge that was Edge's best Mania match. Yeah. Um, and I think it was... Great placement to be the last match and get Taker that win. Worst part about that match was the fact that they undersold that title throughout the re- the earlier part of the show. They it did, was not the important title. And that was the even though Edge was on top, they never really got behind him. You no. know what I mean? No, he was always he was always a great world champion. Yeah, he had great feud with Cena, a uh, world heavyweight champion. But it was yeah. like you know this was just a, a a gem that you know I wanted to put in my top ten, but I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. All right, God, that's a lot of matches. That that is an exhausting list. Good, you probably talked about every title match. 
No, there was a bad there were a lot of bad tag title matches. Bad, there was. Alright, so coming up, the Friday before WrestleMania, April first, April Fool's Day. NXT TakeOver Dallas, which Mike, you're gonna be going to, yes, right? I'm so row. excited. Like I got fifth row tickets just on a on a miracle. Um I, I spent about two hours on the pre-sale trying to get tickets, and then I randomly got them. Oh, um, God. I have the seven of us going, and I got five, and I was like, I don't, sorry, guys, we're going to have to figure something out. You fight. Um, I got the tickets I could, and um, I ended up getting two more for them um, through some other people. Um, they're a little, they're still on the floor, so it's a, a 7,000-seat arena. This place is going to be nuts. I mean, my tickets, I look on StubHub, and the row in front of us are going for like 800 bucks Jesus. for StubHub. Um, Are you as amazed as I am that NXT took off this late in the game? It is. I mean, it was one of those things that they did such a good job building it up before they took it out as a tour that once they started touring with it, it was like, they need, I need to go see this. Yeah. And, I mean, they didn't really tour with it until Mania last year. Right. Um, I was in the crowd for that, and it was like, wow, they're onto something. Yeah. You know, it wasn't real to me until I was in that arena. Um, with like forty five hundred people. This is, I mean, this is a WrestleMania style card, yeah. though. Um, I mean, let's go over some of these matches just to get your thoughts on them. Um, Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin. I'm so pumped to see Aries actually get some shine. Yeah, um, this guy has deserved to be in the WWE for a very long time. Um, I mean, his his feud with Punk and, and ROH was was awesome. awesome. He had a really good TNA run. Um, this guy is like 38 years old still, he's, which is young by today's standards yep. in a lot of instances. This guy's probably been wrestling for 20 years. Do you think um, he's coming up to the main roster or he's going to be I like... I think he's going to be NXT only, yeah. um, barring some sort of crazy injury run, which isn't impossible from what we're seeing here. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, this is one of those that I don't know how it's going to finish. I don't... I, I struggle seeing Corbin lose, but I also can't see Aries. I mean, Aries, I guess, debuts on TV, like either this week or next week yeah. leading into the show. Um, I just don't... Corbin's the guy that I think is going to have main roster potential. Yeah. I just I just don't see... I don't see Corbin doing anything on the main roster, though. The size will help him. Size sure. will definitely help the him. Size will help. He looks like a Wyatt reject. His, I'm very interested in where this match goes because last year at this time, he sucked something fierce. Yeah. And as we've gotten... On and on, and like the match with Cruz at in London, yeah, that was a pretty good match. Um, I love the gimmick of him hating indie wrestlers, yeah, because he just zoomed right past that and straight to WWE and NXT, and and I think that that's a great gimmick to roll with. I I hope that that's not what Aries is here for, pretty much, just give him the shine. But if Corbin turns into something, I'll be okay with it. Yeah. Um. All right. Apollo Cruz versus Elias Samson. The Driller. Drop the ball on Apollo Crews. The thing is, I think fierce. I think this is the launching point for his actual push because when you think you're coming out of the show, Zayn's gone. Yep. Um, and then you you're probably losing either Joe or or Finn. Finn yeah. Um, so I think that you're going to be seeing Cruz in the next title program, one way or the other. I saw that match he had with Finn, and it was yeah. like Finn. Finn is the best person in either one of these companies. Yeah, oh yeah. And Apollo just could not get the crowd to no. care And here's the all. thing with Apollo is it happened with Kenta, too, when he came over. It happened with Joe when he first came over. They hit the, they hit the ground running and they're hot fire, and then they get that kind of low. Yeah. Um, whether, you know, they're just not connecting yet, something's not quite in the cards. I think Cruz has been kind of taken to the... 
back, put on the back burner a little bit. But yeah. Now he's going to really run forward. I think this is the match that's going to kind of be that launch. Uh, and I, I guess it's also going to depend, too, on who, who moves up. Yeah, I don't this. see this match getting a ton of time. Um, I mean, I, I believe in the build. This week or next week, Drifter loses to uh, uh, Johnny Gargano, who's a personal favorite of mine. Um, so I just I, I can't assume that they're letting him lose to a guy and then he's going to go in and beat Cruz at the pay right, right. Um, or whatever, not even pay Spanish yeah. Network special. But regardless, <laughs> I, I'm excited to see where they go with this because I think the Drifter's got some potential. I think yeah. he's going to – he's at nuclear heat, though. I'll tell you that. Um, so I think the crowd would be hot behind Cruz, and I think he could have a good, like I said, launching point here. Awesome. All right, Mike, the match you refer to as the only match that matters, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. It's Nakamura is just on such another level from everybody else they have on this roster. Yeah. And that's not saying a, anything bad about the guys they have, but this guy is, I'm so excited to see what they do with him. Um, really fell in love with this guy watching Wrestle Kingdom last year in Japan. Um, he had a great match with, um, who was it last year? It was Kota Ibushi, which was like match of the year by, you know, Meltzer standards. Um, and then this year he really had a great goodbye match essentially with Styles at yep. Wrestle Kingdom 10. This guy, I, he's got too much talent for them to fuck this one up. And they could, but I don't think it'll happen until the main roster. Nick. He's going to have whatever whatever length his NXT run is. Yeah. I think this guy's going to be just... The crowd's going to be insane for this. Yeah. It's going to be a big match anyway because Sammy, Sammy Zayn... It's Sammy's goodbye, too. It's Sammy's goodbye to NXT. Um, that, first of all, you I, you don't have a soul if you don't get pumped up listening to his music. No. It's that's like, not my cardio mix. Yeah. That's how good that... That and that's the key to is. Nakamura because he had the best theme in Japan. I hope that they come up with something good for him. It looks like they're letting him keep his look, his name. Yeah. Um. I. I've never. I haven't been this excited for a wrestling match in a very long time. This I should be. Uh, I can't wait to watch. Yeah. This one. And the issue that I have with this is that I'm worried on how they lay out this card. Because if this match goes middle of the card yeah. or before the main event, God bless that main event. Oh. Because the crowd, the best comparison, Rob Naylor, who used to be a writer for NXT, said he expects this match to be Joe Kabashi level heat when oh. the match starts. Oh, God. that. Uh... So we'll see what happens. I, yeah. I think that the excitement's getting there. Um, I mean, since the second I heard this match was happening, I can't wait to get to Dallas for this match. <laughs> Honestly, that, I care more about this match than anything else. Well, here's the match that they, they could put after it just to cool it down a little bit. The Revival versus American Alpha for yeah. the tag titles. Yeah. American Alpha is they're they're on another level. They are. They're a they're a main event team waiting to happen. They are. I think that Chad Gable especially yeah. could be like the next Daniel Bryan or Kurt Angle if they use him correctly. Yeah. Um but Jordan's not nothing to shake a stick at Jordan either. is your Olympia your Olympiad. Yeah, and I know? love the revival too. I mean they've got that old school like Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard thing going right now. Um not a lot of charisma. But the, I don't know if you you guys watched the Roadblock show, but they had a great match with Enzo and Cass. I heard it was... I by didn't no it, means, Enzo and Cass are great in the ring. So for them to do that, I mean, these two guys, I think this is going to be the first of a series of matches. Yep. So I wouldn't be shocked if Alpha doesn't get the titles here. Um, but I think that this is going to be a pretty lengthy feud between these two guys. Well, that's good. That's good. All right. For the women's title, Asuka, Asuka versus Bailey. 
God, this match, this entire card, this especially is this is your second from the front from the top match. Yeah, and it's like, how do you space these <clears throat> matches? Like, yeah, uh, you can't you can't go Zayn Nakamura into this into Finn. The crowd will have nothing left, but right. Finn comes out. They're gonna be dead. So there's got to be some spacing here. I don't know how they do it. Um, but, I mean, this crowd's going to be amazing. The 9 o'clock start time, yeah. which is, you know, down there, but it's 10 here. Yeah. I mean, God knows what what type of... This crowd's going to be amazing. Asuka um, is... I, I think Asuka loses this one. I don't think they're ready to call Bailey up no, yet. Because there's still a lot of work to be done yeah. with the women's division. I could see I could see it going either way. Um, I could see a heel turn to making this a program. Yeah. yeah. You know, do another... Um, they do another Iron Woman match like they did earlier in the year and use these two... Bailey is so extraordinary that she's regular. Yeah. She really is. There's nothing... If you look at Bailey, A, she's not much to look at. And she's... Her gimmick is, is a Cena-like gimmick. Yeah. You know? She... If, if she comes up to the main roster, she could be the next John Cena. She could. If they do it correctly. Because she's that over. I can see her doing like a million make-a-wishes. Yep. She genuinely loves her job. And you can't say that about everybody. Uh, but she, the smile on her face when she enters an arena, that's so genuine. It's so real. This girl's a star. Yeah. And I don't knock them if they. If there's a couple roads that they could go here. They could have her retain. Yeah. And have Asuka, you know, turn heel and kind of go that route because she can kind of she can pull that off. Asuka has got yeah. Asuka could go either way. Or and it's not going to affect her heat at all. Or you can have Bailey lose the title and do a run in on Sasha Banks the next night on Raw. I don't know. Uh, we got to talk about that yeah. in a few minutes. Yeah. But so that's the thing is is they've done the best thing about this NXT show is other than Nakamura beating Zayn because it's Zayn's goodbye. Yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen in the other matches, and that's part of the intrigue. And part of this too, there's going to be a lot. This looks like it's going to be the last. This is going to be the goodbye for a lot of stars on yeah. this match. Yeah. Speaking of which, main event: Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe, part two. I don't know. How you, which way you go with this? Because Joe deserves a title. He's had an amazing run of matches here with Zane. Um, but it's a matter of whoever loses is coming to the main roster. Right. I truly feel. There's that. also talk to bring them both up, regardless of who wins. Yeah. Do a Kevin Owens thing. Do the but... Owens thing. Because then, I mean, yeah, I mean, Nakamura is going to be. He's if he's in NXT, he's not running around without the title for long. Right. <laughs> I think what could happen if Joe wins the title. Um, first of all. You know, just out there, I don't want Finn Balor going to the main the main roster because they will fuck him up something fierce. We'll see what happens with the with the Bullet Club guys. Gallows yeah. and Anderson are coming. Uh, they're going to be involved somewhere in Dallas. I don't know if it's going to be on this show. And then Finn turns heel, Joe turns face, and then Finn's running around with the title and his crew. Wouldn't shock me to go that route. Wouldn't but if Joe wins the title, there's more there's more programs available. Yeah, I think for Joe to retain to to I don't defend. Want, I agree what you say about Finn because I don't know that they'll use him right. But there's a couple scenarios that I think we'll talk about when we get to the Mania card mm-hmm. that they could use him great. Absolutely. All right. So WrestleMania 32, April 3rd in Dallas, Texas. WrestleMania star sign. The biggest WrestleMania in history. Yes. All right, With so the worst build in history. Oh my God, this this build. Now let me ask you, Mike, because I, I know you, Mike, you and I have talked about this, but they had this rash of injuries this year, and I th- I think they failed on actually capitalizing on making big stars. They they built up a whole bunch of guys that traded wins back and forth with each other, but the second you put them in 
with the perceived main eventer. Done. Program's over. Yeah. Um, starting with Owens versus Cena. That, those those three matches were awesome matches. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but that could have... I mean, that could have really catapulted Owens. The thing is that bothers me the most about this card. You've got AJ Styles. Yes. Who's probably the best wrestler in the world. Not that they've let him show that, but probably is the best wrestler in the world. You've got Kevin Owens, who should be in a singles match. Yep. With Sami Zayn. Yeah. Because that's the, the, the ready-made feud... Why the hell did you do it at the Rumble? <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about this match then. Okay, this is the IC ladder match. We'll probably open the show proper. It is Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler versus a bunch of other guys. The Miz, Sin Cara, Stardust, and Zack Ryder. How the fuck is Zack Ryder getting a ma- WrestleMania payday Sin Cara is probably going to die in yep. the match. Zack Ryder is probably like one of the bigger guys, muscle wise, in the yeah. match. So I can see him playing the role of tossing people around. Stardust um, is just there. Stardust is Stardust. Owens um, is why these guys take out Owens and take out Zane and put Ryback and Callisto in, and that should have been the match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it probably would have been better by anybody. No, because I I think about the fact that we're gonna get to see Callisto versus the Ryback. But we can't get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. That will. I think what's going to end up happening is Owens is going to retain, and then they're going to start the actual Zayn Owens yeah. program, and then the whole. You know, at that point, yeah, Sami Sami wins the IC title at that point, and move Owens to the fucking main. Maybe event. and maybe it has something to do with the fact that Zayn's working Nakamura, and they don't want him to be two singles matches just in case something happens on that show. Which yeah. I think it'll be a super physical match. With Nak- I mean, Nakamura is an MMA fighter at one point, so he's yeah. probably going to beat the hell out of Zane. So maybe that's why... Well, they, I think they, they have Ziggler in there, too. Ziggler's yeah. going to take a lot... He's going to take a lot of the punishment. I can't mm-hmm. see... Yeah, I, I can't see Owens losing the strap. Here. Yeah. He's... It's either Zane or, or nobody. Right. So, and I don't think Zane's going to get that, that story right away. Right. But I love... I mean, I want... I want Owens to have his WrestleMania moment, yeah. and I want it to be on the top of the ladder. I want to hear that music, and I want to see him just get booed out of the building when yeah. he wins, because he's the best heel in the industry right he now. He is. He's fantastic. The only other thing that I would have done if you weren't going to do him and Zayn was him and AJ. Yep. I don't need to see AJ and Jericho again. I think that's coming. It's coming, I think for it's sure, going to be coming soon. Because they're the only two that aren't, that aren't announced in a match. I'm happy that that's going to happen versus having them in the ladder match. Yeah which was my biggest fear when they had him lose to Owens on two straight shows. Yeah. They botched the Styles thing so badly, um, which doesn't shock me. That's what they I do. think the second he opened his mouth and Vince was like, wait, what did we do? Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's start with the pre-show match real quick. The Andre the Giant Jobber Battle Royal. Jesus Christ, who's involved in this I thing? call it the Wyatt match. Yeah. Um, which, you know, Luke Harper's obviously going to be out of now. Right. He, that looks like he tore his ACL. But Bra Strongman is going to be in this. But that's going to win this match. If he wins, does he win it? Does Bray win it? Do they both win it together? How, how does that work? How do you fuck up Bray Wyatt the way that they have? He was supposed to wrestle Lesnar at yep. the show. And uh, now he's going to be in the pre-show. He's going to be in the pre-show, exactly. I don't know who he pissed off. I know I heard rumors that they got pissed because his, his grandfather was, you know, on his yeah. deathbed. And he went to go visit him. So, yeah. and it's not like Bo Dallas has to worry about, no. you know, losing that push because he'll be in the in the Battle Royal too. Yeah, but 
That, that's I, the I problem with this thing. This should be a stepping stone for somebody. It was supposed to be the stepping stone for Cesaro. Yeah. He gets a two-week run with Heyman and then done. Last year was Big Show, was, and we and all it know... It should have been Sandow. Yeah. The crowd was completely behind, and I don't yep. think he's been on TV since. Nope. Um, I, re- yeah, I really miss the um, Bray Wyatt versus The Shield. That was a really good match. That was a really no, that good feud. Was awesome. Yeah, it was great. My only problem with that feud was it was so obvious they were they were trying to get Roman to siphon off Dean's heat yeah. for himself. The yeah. only thing I don't mind about Brock, I mean Bray not being in with Brock, is then that would be. I mean, granted, that would have been Bray losing three straight manias to yep. Cena, Taker, and Brock, which doesn't really hurt. But it also you can't hurt him any more than kind of does hurt. Yeah. Um. I. I don't. I mean. Big Show's going to be in this, Social Outcast, Kane, the Wyatts, then what? Everybody else is in matches. Um, well, Neville's hurt, so fortunately he won't yeah. be, yeah, the Ascension will be in there. Gold Dust and R-Truth, I mean, this is the job of Battle Royale, yep. of all job of Basically, Battle Basically, everyone that's not in one of the matches, they're just going to throw them in yeah. this one. Pretty much, yep. Say, just and they'll probably your... do the NXT tournament again and, and bring somebody up. I would there. love to see an NXT guy in there, I don't know who the hell it will be, but... That would be a good, yeah, but I mean... That would be a good spot if, say, Joe got Joe loses the fin and he comes up and yeah. tries to win the thing, which won't happen. But, but I mean, that's that's what how they should book it. Yeah. Because I mean, I just don't get. I mean, it's too early to break up the Wyatts because what's Braun Bronny the Strowman going to do without Bray? Um, but that might be how this ends. God, that raw match. Between him and Ambrose. Why they keep putting him... I mean, they clearly just don't care about the last hour. Because right. the ratings sink anyways. But they put him in these... In December, he had a 10.50 p.m. match with Tommy Dreamer. Ronnie the Strowman. And now we have him in a match with Ambrose. Didn't make Ambrose look good. No. Ambrose can't beat this guy. And he's going in to wrestle Brock. Right. What's going to happen to him? And that for all the talk about how Strowman was going to be this, you know, he's improved, he's going to be this big star, it's never going to happen. No, yeah. no. He needed the benefit of NXT, and he's not going to yeah, get it because they just happen. shot him right up to yeah. the main roster. All right. Now, here's one I don't know if he'll end up on the main card or not. Kalisto versus The Ryback. I think that one will, and they'll probably bump the Dudleys and the Usos to the pre-show. Oh, that's right. Because um, what do they have? How many matches do they have? Um, 12, 11? 11 matches total, and one of them's a rumored match, yeah, you're which not... is the Brie, Alicia Fox, So that's, on the, that's on the pre-show. That's officially on the pre-show. Oh, it is. So you could, I guess, you could get nine on the main, main show. Yeah. Then. I mean, but, Usos yeah. versus Dudley, we've already talked about. Quick. I think Callisto Ryback will be quick. I Ryback supposedly is going to feud with Reigns. Oh. I don't know how true it is, but that's supposedly what it is. But, I mean, if that's going to happen, is he going to really win the U.S. title? And look at how they've devalued this strap in the span since of Cena six got, months. got hurt. In the, in the span of six months, the strap has been completely devalued. I mean, and Callisto is a great worker, but I don't... I mean, why does he have a singles WrestleMania match when Kevin Owens doesn't? Right. That's what and against Ryback, of yeah. all people. I've never liked Ryback. Ryback he's is one of these guys that he's a Rex Luthor, a Luger. They're, they're, you know, they're putting him out there because Vince still loves his big chiseled yeah. roid, roid heads. And when he freaks out, he pushes the big guy. Yep, and that's what's happening. Whenever, the literal big guy. Whenever I see Ryback, I'm always reminded of uh, Bald Bull from uh, yeah. Punch Out. But you've seen what he looks like now, right? They're giving him Goldberg's look. He's he's the Ryberg now. It's it's so bad, like. If you're going to do that, 
the big Ryback push. I mean, I like that they got rid of the singlet. He does look more imposing now. Yeah. But, I mean, how many times has this this stopped and started? It's yeah. been like they did the since same the thing at 29. Days. Since the punk days. Yeah. They did the same thing at 29, and then he turned heel and feuded with John Cena. Yep. Did that work out? Yeah. All right. AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho, part four. they got to move on. Jericho's apparently done after Mania. Okay. He might be on the Raw after. So, yes, AJ's going to win this. AJ's, AJ's going to win, win this. He better win this. Um, it's going to be a good... They, they've been putting on good matches... Considering Jericho looks like poppin' fresh right Where now. Where they screwed this this entire thing up is in the last week. I understand if you're going to do it on SmackDown, you're going to have Owens beat Styles because right. he's distracted by Jericho. That's fine. Then you do it again on Raw and make Styles look like a complete idiot. Yeah. Not only that, he's later, like later in the show, Jericho has the same situation with Fandango. <laughs> so in that instance, they show us two different things. Three years ago, we fucked up, and we had Fandango beat this guy. AJ just get, get easily distracted and look like a dumbass. Yeah. But he comes up to distract Jericho. Jericho still wins. <laughs> the booking is so ass-backwards. It's And that was the microcosm of this past Monday's Raw, which was one of the biggest pieces of shit that I've ever watched. Other than that first hour. Because AJ and Owens was fantastic. But then you get this... This AJ Jericho dynamic is so bad because it makes AJ look like such a moron. Right. And you're not supposed to be doing that when he's the guy that's going to win the match. Yeah. yeah. So it worries me a little bit. Um, he's he's going right. to win the match, but it's like, why do we have to make Chris Jericho look good? Because he he's going to look good. The, the other thing, too, is that Pete and Jericho... Does, is completely been devalued anyway. Yeah. Because he puts everybody yeah. over. Fandango. Yeah. Enough said. You know what I mean? I think that was AJ, his last win. AJ is his, um, AJ right now is the top merch seller for WWE. Yeah, the, the two shirts. Yeah. And, you know what the funny thing is, though, too? I don't know how you felt about this, Mike, but AJ's music, I was so hot for when I first heard it, it's really stupid. It doesn't fit the character at all. Not at all. But I do, I still kind of like it. DMX? Really? Yeah, I still kind of like it, but... But you're right, it doesn't fit, I don't know, yeah. nothing about this AJ thing's been awe-inspired. I really, you know, at this point right now, he needs to transition to going to Owens, or going yeah. to one, you know what, honestly, at this point right now, maybe have, maybe turn uh, Dolph heel, have a few with Dolph, until, if they if they do the full Bullet Club, yeah, perfect. That's the problem, is, it seems like coming out of this show, you're going to have AJ as a winner. And he probably would be going towards Owens. Yep. But then you get Zane. Yeah. If he doesn't go towards Owens, then what the hell is he on the main roster? Or, well, here's the other thought too: the Ryback wins the U.S. title, and AJ goes for the gets into a program oh, with a the Ryback. To see. That's a few. God. See. I mean, and that's the thing too: is if you've got if you've got these um, somebody's coming up from NXT, hopefully to yep. with like an AJ or I mean, we still they still owe us. Joe and, and Owens. Right. That was supposed to happen. That never NXT. did. That would be um, awesome. I mean, they had a match, but it was a pull-apart brawl. But Joe and AJ yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, just, they they have history. Yeah. And that's the thing is, put them on the scale, they deserve it. Yep. No, given, given the writers... Um, but that's the thing is, like, not only... You know, I, I think about what's going to happen outside of Mania, and I do think that we will have a more no, noteworthy post 
Mania Raw than we have the last last year. Especially if there's that mass NXT exodus of the big guys but finally have nothing is, else. To... Is where who this is the area that whoever leaves NXT should fit in. Right. It should be the puzzle piece that goes. Well, the other issue with this too is that you got a bunch of guys coming off a bunch of. Eight event guys coming off of in injury yeah, very soon. soon. Cena and Orton will both be back soon. And God forbid you don't. Rollins. You don't. Yeah, exactly. God forbid you don't push Randy Randy Orton to the main event again. Yeah. Where he, you know. Orton versus Cena. We all want to see that again. Again, right? yeah. All right. Here's a match that I'm really intrigued in. Charlotte versus Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch for the women's title. Or the Divas title. Sorry. I was so convinced that this was going to be Sasha's crowning. I'm starting to think it's going to be Becky Lynch's crown. I'm hope. I, you know what? I love Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is the best woman working today. I kind of think Becky deserves it at this point. I she's, agree because she's done such good. I mean, I'm the biggest Sasha Banks fan going. Um, I love the fact that she's a Boston kid. Yep. Even though she really isn't, but she learned how to wrestle in Boston. Yeah. Um, I think that the the crowd would have a better reaction to Sasha winning. But I do think you're setting up more outside of Mania if Becky wins. Right. Because you can still do Becky-Sasha. Sasha has the heel tendencies right. more. Well, you, what you do is you do the the Becky-Charlotte where they find, you know they get the blow-off the blow off match. Sasha almost cost Becky. And then you move to Sasha-Becky, give Sasha the belt. Yeah. And then maybe at that point you bring Bailey in. That's the thing. Is if Sasha wins the title, I want to see Bailey on that Monday. There is, I mean, there are so many angles they can go with. And for once, there are three women on the main roster who are legit good wrestlers. My biggest worry with this is that when, when Nikki they comes space the card out, yeah. that this is the one they say, oh, they don't need 12 minutes. Take eight. Yeah. Because they're not going to get shit done in eight minutes. No. They need 12 to 15, and then they could have a great match. The crowd's going to be hot for it because they love all three in one yep. way, shape, or form. Um, and Flair dancing outside the ring, as long as he doesn't stick his tongue in any of their mouths, God. like he did at the Rumble, um, that I think that, that his dynamic is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and Charlotte's and taken with that, which yeah. is great. I, I really, Becky Lynch has earned it at this yeah. point. I mean, as much as I love Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch has been, first of all, they booked her like the dummy. Yeah. Because she's been betrayed not once, but twice in the last year. And I think the money eventually is in Sasha's chase. And I yeah. feel like this chase that was supposed to be a singles match, they added Becky into it. I think that I, I think Becky's gonna win the title. You can, and the thing is also, and I think a lot of people miss this. You can market the shit out of Becky Lynch. Yeah. The, you sell those goggles, you sell the hats. Just it's like Ray with the mask. You know? And they have the European tour coming outside yep. of Mania, so I think that Becky holding the strap when they go to Ireland, they go wherever they're going. Would make sense. Especially if Finn is holding a title exactly. still at that point. So that's where I think I think Sasha comes out of it as a heel. Something's going to happen eventually with Charlotte and Rick. You know, she'll throw her daddy aside. Yeah. Um, there, there's so many different ways they can go with this, and that's without even bringing Bailey up. Right. Exactly. God. God, it's going to be a good match. All right. Now we got the main event stuff here. Oh boy! Should we go with what we think is going to be third from the bottom, or the third from the top here? Or? Let's talk about that first. All right, because it's the elephant in the room: Triple H versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship. The building is so bad. It's been bad. It's made Ambrose a bigger star, and we just gotta. 
I mean, and Mike, and I know how much you, you know, I agree. I think Roman Reigns is a very talented guy who's gotten better over the last two years. You can't force this audience to give two shits about him at it's this point. It's not even his own fault. No, it, no it's not his fault. How they booked him. Because then, like, okay, I was in the Rumble crowd last year when we wanted him to die. I was saying balloons. Like, literally, I've never been in a more hostile crowd than I was that night. To see that crowd, that exact same Philly crowd, give him the love when he won the strap in December, yep. was like, Vince figured it out and he needed himself to do it. That's fine. My biggest issue is they ruined the build to this match to build up Shane and Taker. Because yeah. you pulled Vince out of this and entered him Wait into a minute. Shane. Yep. You pulled Stephanie out of this and entered him into the Shane match. They kind of put Stephanie back into this, but it's like, which way are they going? And this is the true definition of the McMahon show between Triple H, Shane, Vince, and Steph. Yeah. I think that Reigns is going to win the title, obviously. But it wouldn't shock me if they say, we're going to tri- stick with Triple H. But ultimately, Reigns is walking out of that, or that stadium with that belt like they wanted to do last year. You can't close a show with that, though. No, because they will—they don't want it ending in a chorus of boo Yes, and the thing that we haven't talked about and nobody's talked about yet is Stone Cold's going to be in the building, The Rock's going to be in the building, Shawn Michaels is going to be in the building. Yep. Apparently, from what I'm seeing, is the roles figured out for Austin, the roles figured out for Shawn, The Rock's going to get to decide his role oh, because he's The Rock. Yeah. And he's leaving his Baywatch movie to come to, to Mania. Where do they fit? My fear is that they... Well, it's not even a fear, because I think it would be entertaining, is that The Rock gets involved in the New Day stuff. Yep. But Austin... Austin tends to lead me to think it's going to be in the Taker stuff. But yeah. you got to figure one of these matches is going to end up finding a special referee. I would think that Triple H would put Sean in as that role yep. to stack the deck against Reigns, mm-hmm. and that might actually benefit Reigns. Yeah. But Reigns is going to need help from somebody yeah. because he's not he's not like he's not Superman. Yeah. I mean the biggest the biggest problem with this match is that is just realizing who is the audience going to hate more. Well, and that's the thing they, too. They, they couldn't care. They hate Triple H until he starts throwing punches at Reigns, and all of a sudden and that's he's. The thing. And the smart crowd likes Triple H because they love what he's done with NXT. They want anybody but but Reigns. Yeah. Um, and I just we're gonna get some bullshit in these in these main event matches. Yeah. Other than Brock and even Brock and Ambrose. Who knows where this Mick Foley, Terry Funk stuff? Going. Let's all right. <laughs> let's move away from Triple H for a because we don't know how it's going to end. We're no. assuming that he's going to win to a chorus of booze. Yeah, but um, Ambrose Brock, what do you? How do you win this match? Because realistically speaking, I mean, conventional logic says that Brock wins because Brock is Brock Lesnar. Yeah. How many times can Dean Ambrose lose before people finally stop? Here's the deal. Giving a shit. He's the most over guy in the entire company. It, all of these matches kind of blend in together because they're all kind of connected in a weird way. Yeah. The smartest thing they can do coming out of the show is having Reigns leave the stadium as a heel. Yeah. How they get there, I don't know. But this guy should be a heel. He should have been a heel the second the shield broke up. Um, Rollins worked. Yep. But how... How money is that feud of Reigns and Ambrose? 
But it's Ambrose as the baby. Huge. So well, that I mean, should the be crowd, the, the crowd does love Ambrose. Yeah, that should be the feud coming out of Mania. I don't know how you get there with this dynamic, though. If it, I mean, the only thing that happens is, yeah, Rollins turns. I mean, Reigns turns heel after winning the title. Yeah, but like, how do you get there? Like, who turns on Triple H? Uh, the only the only way I can see it is if like like you know uh, uh, Ambrose is about to take down Brock and you know Reigns comes out and like man, sabotages him somehow. That's the thing though, is then that has to that takes away from the title match to make it's it's such a strange dynamic. It's a weird dynamic because these are going to be the, th- the, the 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 these three matches. This you know Brock and Ambrose, Trips and and Roman and uh, Shane versus Taker. These are your three top matches, and yeah, you could it could end anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I want to see Ambrose win mainly because he's in dire need of a pay per view win at this point. He is he's been bringing the goods for two years now. I called it. This yeah. was going to be the most over guy out of the three guys in the Shield, and he's going to be the guy that they're not going to really pay that much credence to because. He's six foot two, and he's considered the small one. Yeah. If they really want to end this mania on something that people will talk about, end it with Brock um, Ambrose and have Ambrose win. I just Brock's been pushed so badly. I know. The last year, um, yes, he he lost the title without getting pinned. Yep. Then he had like a pretty evenly matched feud with the Taker. Then he lost another match at Fastlane. That he didn't get pinned. He didn't get pinned. Yeah. But he still he hasn't truly like he won the t- one of the a couple of the taker matches. He hasn't been pinned. honestly though he hasn't been well yeah and the, the thing with the, the taker matches yeah. the chicanery abounds. Yeah, he's not being booked like Brock Lesnar. Right. The last time he took a pin though was twenty nine. Yeah. At twenty nine against Triple H. Yeah. And that's where that's where I am. I can't see Brock losing to Dean Ambrose. Yeah. I, I can't the either. size That's why it wouldn't be have yeah. people talking about the it. The size difference alone is just astronomical. Right. And and Dean's lost so much muscle mass since the shield broke up that he's just going to look that much smaller. Yeah. And that's why, you know, him winning makes sense. It, it's these three matches, I just can't. Hey, you know, go back to the uh, Cena Big Show match. Have him do something like chicanery. That he's not. Well, he's not going to be able to get Brock up on his shoulders. But no, but that's why they're introduced. This is a hardcore match. This is a, this is a you know anything goes type of match. So there's going to be a lot of weapons, and I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to he's going to keep him down by doing stuff like you know giving him a dirty deeds on the steel steps this or should something. Easily be the most entertaining match of the night. Absolutely, because Ambrose, while he can't throw a punch, but half the guys in the roster can't throw yeah. a punch. He is easily the most entertaining guy in the on the on the current roster. Yeah, his personality makes up for all of his lacks. No matter how this match ends, Ambrose is going to be lucky to walk out in his own power. Yeah, yeah. Because Brock is just a machine that doesn't know how to stop. Yeah. yeah. Um, look at what happened with Reigns. Reigns he got the piss, piss wheeled out of him. Him. Yeah. And this is with Ambrose, who's half of Reigns' size. Right. Yeah. So the the dynamic's so interesting. I I don't know where they go from it. Heyman turning on him and maybe maybe Ambrose goes heel. I don't know what happened. Who, who the hell Something knows? Something weird's going to happen in some of these matches. Uh, yeah. Okay. And sp- all right. Now this is probably going to be the last match of the night. Taker versus Shane McMahon. I don't know what the fuck. All of my friends were on the second. Shane walks out and they're like, "Okay, WrestleMania is saved." Shane is forty-seven that years old. Was awesome. 
I'm sure it was. I segment. did not watch that segment, but Shane is 47 years old. He hasn't been in the ring for like seven years. years. His fucking punches. His fucking punches are awful. Oh my god. And he's going to do something so stupid. That he's going to kill remembered. himself. Yeah. Um, there's going to be, even, I don't know why it's in a cell, because there's going to be interference. A lot of the it. The cell will lift. The cell will get broken. This is the, they'll leave the cell. The fact that it, I hate that it's a cell as someone that's going to be in the audience because you're going to have a hard time seeing it. It's going to be tough. Um, I just don't like the stipulation doesn't help me decide who's going to win it either. Well, now that they added the extra stipulation, at first I was convinced Shane was going to win, which first of all I think is a slap in the face to every yeah. single person in the back who's had to take you know had to lose that match to Taker to have you know the 47 year old son of the, the owner yeah. who hasn't wrestled in seven years. Because when you think of it, the two stipulations involve Shane winning. Yeah. Taker winning does nothing. Like, nothing right. new happens. It just it retains his career for one more year so and he, can, goes away. he can go fight Cena next year and yeah. retire. So, I don't know. Maybe they... Maybe Taker... Because he did say, you'll never wrestle at WrestleMania again. Oh, God. So, it doesn't even mean he has to retire. Yeah. And here's the other dynamic that's stupid. <laughs> If Shane beats Taker, Taker is then banished from WrestleMania by Vince McMahon, who's no longer in charge. Right. So it's like there's something that's missing here. And and they've... I, I try to... We, we are talking way too much about what's going to happen and how the matches are going to end because they haven't even fucking decided that yet. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they haven't. <laughs> so, I, I just had a weird, interesting thought. Yeah? What if Triple H turns on Vince and nope. Shane by backing the Taker? Nope. I don't... Well, Triple H is doing his own thing no, no, right now. I, I think it would be really interesting. The dream, My dream scenario, that isn't going to happen, but it's best case scenario for both the show and for the show after Mania, is the lights go out, who's in the ring to help Shane, but Finn and the Bullet Club. Yep. That would be the best overall finish, and then you set up Finn and Taker to be your next big match. And then you've got a new Raw with a heels chain, because they only like heel authority figure. Yep. And the Bullet Club. And then you can break up the break up the shows again. That would be awesome, but it. I am pretty it's sure Taker would not no. I'm pretty sure Taker would not give an inch to no. that skinny Irish no. kid. And it's not gonna happen, <laughs> but that's their best case yep. scenario. I like talking about the things that they definitely won't do. Yeah. They should do. <laughs> because the Bullet Club needs to be a thing. So yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I hope you have a really good time. I'll be texting you while we're watching it, because That's last fair. year I'm like, is Triple H's entrance coming off as stupid live as it did on TV? The thing is that tri I still oh, haven't watched that match back. Fucking entrance. <laughs> we're standing there, and we're like, they're doing the fucking Terminator. Arnold's, Arnold's doing this. Yeah. It really is. So then, like, we, we took a bus with, Mel with Dave Meltzer um, there, because one of my buddies is a subscriber to the Observer. Oh, nice. So he we literally sat with Meltzer on the ride in, and we're like, what are the odds that Brock wins this one? What are the odds that, you know, something else weird happens? And he's like, it's probably 60-40 that Brock wins, because the thing is, that was right when he re-signed. So yeah. And when he would have made sense. Nobody was thinking Rollins was going to win. No. But it was perfect. It was perfect. The thing, the, the, the aura of that entire show was geared around the fact that when we left the, the stadium, we thought Sting and Triple H was like the most fun I've ever had watching a wrestling match. Really? 
Because between who expects DX to come out? Right. Who expects the NWO to come out? Yeah. And Hogan to throw a punch with X-Pac. <laughs> and then Sean, out of the blue, just hits him with a super kick. That was one of the most fun atmospheres I've ever had in a wrestling show. And then, like, the next day we wake up and Meltzer's, like, as excited about this as ever on the bus home. And then he goes, so he looks at us and he says... That match was the most fun I've ever had at a wrestling. Really? Show. And he's like, that was that was an electric atmosphere. It is what it is, and we're all speculating on what's going to happen the next year based on a based off Ronda and based off everything that was involved in the show. Little did we know. The next day, I'm listening to his audio, and he goes, "So I rewatched the match. I don't know why I did that because that match sucked." <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of those. I st- after that, I, I never rewatched the match. It's a bad match. I never we to. Shocked how bad that match was. I mean, yeah. we just watched it on the network, and we're just. This is bad. Yeah. They didn't give Sting an inch in that match. Sting losing is so dumb. The, the fact of the matter, too, is that it was like this, uh, you know, oh, we won the war 15 years ago, yeah. but here's a bunch of old dudes. Sting, welcome to WWE. You're 0-2. Yep. That was what it was. <laughs> and Rollins put him out of his misery. Rollins killed him. God. He was born and died that night. Yep. So, great talk. I really hope you have a good time. I will be texting you. We I'm will, sure there will be a lot of this. fun it, stuff. It'll be a good time. So anyway, our next show, we uh, Mike, we should have the whole team back together for this one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to count down the top 20 songs from Disney movies. Um, I'm planning a trip to Disney in May, so this is kind of a good little gear up for us. I came back before, not about, you know, about four, week, four weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, yeah. So what we're doing is, this is a voting show, so we want you to list out your, maybe your 10 favorite Songs from Disney movies. Uh, they can be from the movies only, both Disney or Pixar. And I am allowing um, the Yoho's the Pirates of the Caribbean song because it is featured prominently in the movie, even though it originated in the amusement park. So we're going live action and animated. Live action and animated. Twenty Disney songs, and I will. Please, I want. I want a good list here. I want such a good list here. I vote ten times for the theme song of Aladdin. Okay. Whole New World. A Whole New World. Oh, there you go. That's, 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 that'll be his wedding song one day. That's one of my top ones. I'm not going to lie. So, if you want to get on the sweet, sweet Disney action, you can uh, let us know on our Facebook page, Geek Salad Podcast. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio, or email us at GeekSaladRadio at gmail.com. And I know we'll be hitting up our usual blogs, Facebook pages, and all that fun stuff. So, please let us know. What your thoughts are. Uh, you can also check us out at geeksalad.podbean.com. Uh, download us on the Stitcher app as well as through the iTunes store. Um, or just go to geek dot, uh, geeksalad, uh, no, is it geek-salad.com yep. for our, our woefully un, uh, unupdated website. Yeah. <laughs> not rubbing it in or anything like that. I'm just trying no, to remember not, we not actually at all. still have that website. So, um, anyway... Uh, Mike, again, thank you so much. Yes. We'll see you next year, sir. I'll be back. We'll have to figure out something else to talk about. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out here. I'm thinking worse something. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later.
Listen to this, whole Culkin. I hate you. I hate your guts. And that's what's going to be left all over the mat after WrestleMania 5.